Great to be here. Amen. Did you know that 85% of your engine wear occurs at startup? Yes, that is correct. And this is where lower the friction comes in by putting a protective lubricating barrier on all moving parts. This now gives you full-time protection to make your engine last longer, run smoother, give you better performance, and improve fuel economy. People across the country are reporting some very exciting results. Go to lowerthefriction.com, place your order, and enter in promo code SOS to get 5% off of your order. That's lowerthefriction.com. All right, apparently my mic decided to mute itself again, but... Uh, Thank you. <laughs> it's always delightful. All Very right. Much. Live radio, everybody. Live radio. <laughs> A text would have been better. All right. Here we go. <clears throat> Let's see. Is that Wayne telling me he's here? Not yet. Okay. So Wayne will be a few minutes behind. So on this episode, we're going to talk about trauma-based mind control and how it relates to what's going on today. I think... Anybody with half a brain can see that things are being manipulated on a very large level. And, uh, well, it's kind of a drag, really. Anybody got anything they want to add to that before I actually get into the, the facts of the matter? Well, it's been going on for, for a very long time. And, uh, you know, this is it's not a new phenomenon. This has been going back as, uh, as far as, well, against certainly ancient Egypt and even um, uh, in Greece, uh, the, the ability or the attempt to control the minds of men has been going on for a very long time. And uh, only in the past couple hundred years have they been giving it names. But now it seems that they have a, uh, a well-perfected schema of doing this. Uh, and uh, not only at the personal level with the uh, MKUltra type stuff, but uh, in a broader sense in mass media mind control. And we're seeing the fruits of it uh, in spades with the, the current beer bug nonsense. Beer bug. Crow, what say you? Well, it's pretty clear this uh, qualifies as overreach on a <laughs> catastrophic level. Um, but, you know, we're hearing all kinds of rumors, you know, uh, 
the older people I take care of constantly glued to that news. God, do I go up there and try to get Andy Griffith or something on the set. Um, but they're trying to shame people, showing pictures from a crowded sunny beach that was shot within the last 12 days. Um, and clearly we're going to have to do something about this. People are gathering. Um, but I'm starting to meet like almost everybody who realizes this is nonsense. So we'll have to see. Uh, if Iron Fist or Overreach is the thing that comes out on top here, yeah, it does. It does present, um, for, from my view, uh, an extraordinary uh, opportunity. I think um, one of the things that I'm discovering in uh, my awakening project, as I sift through this data, uh, is that one of the one of the um, things that happens, or one one of the uh, factors involved in people awakening uh, to a large degree is uh, having the time and opportunity to dig in and dive into these rabbit holes. People who are exceptionally busy um, often don't have the time, and for most of the people who have crossed over uh, into the what we might call truth or land, or those who don't accept uh, the mainstream narrative, one of the uh, precipitating factors uh, has been uh, the uh, having some time. Uh, to be able to do that and this does present an opportunity with so many people being um, you know in a stay-at-home order and not being able to go to work um, there is an opportunity for us uh, to to have those people get some time to do it uh, and furthermore uh, there is some provable information um, that we can present to them uh, to give them a chance to really cogitate and think about whether or not what they're being told is true or not so it does present an opportunity to to awaken some people yeah Absolutely. I think that uh, what we're going to go over here tonight can easily be applied to the situation that's going now on, <clears throat> excuse me, going on today, because they're, uh, I think they're going to ramp it up. I really think that they're going to take this to a whole other level. Yeah, it's it's certainly uh, much like what we saw with 9-11. Uh, this is a threshold point. It's a watershed moment uh, where uh, the world that we're in now is not the same as it was two weeks ago and likely will never return to normal uh, as we used to know it. You know, they pulled some of that same nonsense right after that day in September as well because they hit us with the uh, the anthrax crap right after all that happened. So, yeah. So, um, so where where do you want to start, Jason? You want to go uh, back into some of the history of uh, of this stuff and um, predating this, or uh, into uh, what you the research that you did? Where do you want to start with this? Yeah, I just went to a couple different places and uh, just pulled some general knowledge on what trauma-based mind control is in case anyone isn't too, too familiar with it. But then we can get into the history, who does it and why, possibly. And then we can also talk about how th this has been used with uh, bigger situations because, it's, again, this is very obvious. That's what's going on right now. Sure, on a larger scale. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. So to start with the basics of it, Trauma-based mind control programming can be defined as systematic torture that blocks the victim's capacity for conscious processing. This can be done through the use of various forms of brain stimulation, possibly in combination with extreme cold or heat, drugs, illusions, oxygen deprivation, pain, terror, repeated spinning, and bringing the person to a near-death situation. Of course, what do all these things do? It induces massive amounts of fear and a, a sense of a constant that f uh, fight-or-flight syndrome going on. And, of course, they can't escape from it, so it's just a perpetual loop being created. Sure. S suggestions. And often the, 
Go ahead. Yeah, often the the, uh, uh, the primary um, target of this is often younger people. Um, they have a tendency to um, disassociate. And this is where we get disassociative disorder. Uh, they they cannot um, function. Uh, they they can't. They don't have any coping mechanisms, and so they must mentally disassociate from the situation. And this creates a, a prime opportunity for them to fracture the personality. Right. Well, there's there's another aspect of this that I would point out that makes the situation we're in right now so much different, and that's because of the reach of the full-spectrum programming. Is anyone clueless now about the quick onset of Everybody Delivers and Grubhub's here now, and we'll deliver for free if you just order <laughs> two cents mm-hmm. worth of crap? Um, you can see how this was all geared, but to come back to the main point you guys are driving on the trauma-based mind control, um, that was one of the things we outlined in the Tavistock, how they ramp it up, ramp it down, but people should be aware that even things like the television show Ridiculousness, that's a form of trauma-based programming. Oh, and um, Fear Factor uh, right? Uh, Joe Rogan, right? There you go. If you showed those, those kinds of programs in the 50s, there would have been hell to pay, and yet now it's just normal, and people don't understand uh, subconsciously what that kind of trauma is doing and by the way it's been shown clinically that if you watch enough guys get kicked in the balls it's almost like you got kicked in the balls yeah you transfer it you can uh, you can associate with that yeah yep. cool all right continuing on suggestions and or what is called classical and operant conditioning that are consistent with well-established behavioral modification principles are then used to implant thoughts directives and perceptions in the unconscious mind often in newly formed trauma-induced dissociated identities this can force the victim to do feel think or perceive things for the purposes of the individual or groups doing the programming the objective is for the victim to follow desired directives with little or preferably no conscious awareness including the execution of acts that would that could be in clear violation of the victim's moral principles, spiritual convictions, and against their conscious will. Installation of mind control programming relies on the victim's capacity to dissociate, which permits the creation of new, walled-off personalities that can then be used to hold and hide programming. Toilet paper, anyone? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> there's and, there's you... the test run measured already, right? Yeah, and as you mentioned, this goes all the way back to behaviorism, which was uh, really defined and outlined by John Watson uh, in the early early twentieth century. And that's the we'll get to that when we go through some of the history and how this was uh, defined and um, and methodized. And um, the really uh, really kind of sinister um, experiments that he carried out really early on in the process. It was very um, what we would consider now very ethically disturbing. By the way, we got a couple of super chats already. Thank you so much for those. Uh, I'm trying to go back here and see them, but I only see the last one. But anyway, my apologies for not getting to those right away. Uh, Brian, thank you for the $5. I know Nicholas donated, and I think somebody else did as well. Thanks, guys. And Brian says, thank you guys for all the great research. You got it, man. We are going to keep doing what we do. Or as John Lennon would say, we're going to keep on keeping on. So already, I think that just with that little brief you can understand what's going on in today's society and how these techniques are being used on a mass scale. Am I just getting a message from Harry McCroy here? Oh, that's Skype beeping me. Okay. Wayne's late to the party, man. 
Well, he said he said he would be. So yeah. Well, no, my thing beeped. I told him let me know when he was ready to be added in. But that's all right. We can carry it. But anyway, like I just made the the toilet paper joke. This whole thing, <laughs> man. Where do where can we even start? Just applying well, this to to the modern situation. I mean, in the course of less than a month, they've got everybody petrified of something that may or may not even exist and doing performing behaviors that they normally wouldn't do. Well, a big part of what you see going on now is playing off the materialism that was planted, Lord knows how many dec- decades ago in the United States. Uh, it's self-centeredness. Uh, the toilet paper thing is a good example of this. Um, I need to wipe my butt and I don't care about my neighbor, so I'll go fill my truck with everything I can get. Uh, that's one form of it. Then they're using the oxymoron kind of Pavlonian statements like uh, alone together, uh, a phrase that couldn't mean less than nothing if you tried. Um, these types of things are walling us off. Here in the state I'm in, governor stands up one day and says, oh, we're sending National Guard door-to-door to find those damn New Yorkers. You can always tell a New Yorker, you know. <laughs> so then the state governor of New York stands up and says, excuse me, governor of Rhode Island, that's illegal, which it is. Next day, governor stands up and says, no, we talked to our legal people. That It's fine. We're doing this. And what it is is it's a drastic attempt to prevent people from realizing that they're all the same, from gathering, from talking about nonsense, because that would be the first topic that would come up. Um, and then it turns people self-centered for the people who buy into the nonsense. And uh, we see a lot of that right now. Yeah. Yeah, we do. I'm still seeing problems in, in uh, stores and things like that. There's still big chunks of uh, certain kinds of items, paper products being one of the big ones. But th- that's not necessary, man. <laughs> I mean, it's just not. At least some of the places are being smart about it and saying only one or two items per customer. But anyway I don't want to keep going on about that uh, DM Hutchins second uh, says I love you guys keep up the awesome work thank you for the super chat very cool of you but let's so move on um, so Jason how how, um, how familiar you are are you familiar are you with uh, the history of um, the power of suggestion um, animal magnetism mesmerism that sort of thing I understand the concepts, but you are welcome to go into it before I go back to the uh, to the descriptive part of this. Yeah, I think I think that um, it may help to kind of get um, to get lay a, f- a foundation for this and kind of how how it got to here, right? Because the, what you're what you're describing the trauma based mind control is some of the outgrowth of this. And again, if you go back uh, far enough, um, it, even in ancient Egypt, uh, the, so the, so the, again the idea of trying to control someone's mind or or influence it, um, th- these ideas uh, are not new and have been going back uh, throughout the ages. And uh, using different kinds of methods. I mean, certainly we see uh, Machiavelli with the the Little Prince and these sort of methods, um, mostly again using uh, trauma fear these kinds of things uh, and the power of suggestion uh, and so uh, even again in uh, Egypt they had these ideas of uh, you go into a temple and they would put you into a hypnotic trance uh, often using drugs and they would have what uh, sleep temples uh, and, and using uh, sleep and, and uh, alpha and theta brainwave states to get you into a, uh, a relaxed state of mind and use the power of suggestion often at the time for healing purposes like the placebo effect and and this was a, uh, a method used 
used uh, for primarily healing purposes throughout the, um, in specifically this this idea of hypnosis uh, throughout its uh, early public um, use. And so this this guy uh, Mesmer, Joseph Mesmer, he had uh, his thoughts, and this is I find this really interesting because his thoughts on it and what uh, he became animal magnetism. We usually think of this as the the idea that we're uh, attracting somebody, right? Or we have this attractive personality, this, this animal magnetism, but that's not at all where it started. Uh, so Joseph Mesmer uh, in the 1700s th- thought that uh, magnetism, electromagnetism, played a, uh, a central and um, important part in, in the physiological um, uh, body and uh, it, the, its relationship with health, and uh, very much like Qi, and also very much, again, like what Dr. Kaufman was discussing and, and his views on uh, electromagnetism as being uh, a central agency rather uh, than terrain theory rather than germ theory. Uh, but he also used power of suggestion uh, in, in this processes, and, and so it became named after him mesmerism, and he was an early proponent of um, what became then later hypnosis. And so after mesmer, in the uh, early 1800s, they began using hypnotism as an early form of uh, anesthesia for surgery and having outstanding results by putting people into a hypnotic trance, and they called it hypnosurgery, uh, and putting people into a hypnotic trance using the power of suggestion and getting people into a relaxed mind state. Uh, mm. But it was also d- discovered uh, that um, post-hypnotic suggestion should could be used, and the person would have very little memory of this afterwards. Uh, so they could uh, suggest things, and typically they wouldn't be able to, to suggest anything that was outside of the person's moral fiber and fabric. So they, they couldn't get them to do something that they ethically wouldn't um, be uh, predisposed to do. And so uh, th- there was ways uh, people wanted more more than that, right, as people often do. Uh, and so there was studies attempted uh, to try to get uh, basically what we would call brainwashing attempts. And so uh, th- this occurred then in, in the late 1800s. Um, they, they began doing more and more um, study into this. And this is where we come up with, um, so so where everyone I think is familiar with Pavlov and his study with dogs, the Pavlovian response, right, the ringing of the bell and study of dogs. And out of this, um, th- this is where John Watson comes at the end of the uh, 19th century and early 20th century, uh, which is where behaviorism comes in. And behaviorism really is the foundation uh, of what um, of what we're talking about here. In, and so the whole idea is to be able to develop and, um, and create control over a person. And if you do any uh, research, if you want to look up the Little Albert experiment, so they took a, a, a toddler, really uh, nine months old, and he, they called him Little Albert, uh, and they, um, they did these kind of trauma based mind control they taught him to fear a rat uh, and so they they made him uh, by ringing bells and he would cry and so they associated that with a, a white rat and made him fear a picture of a rat hmm. uh, between the ages of like nine and 11 months and so they created uh, a phobia in him uh, by by this training and so uh, it's the little albert experiment you can study this uh, it's easily discovered if you just do a quick google search of the little albert experiment with john watson and so john watson did this behaviorism and that's really the, the sort of the basis of what much of modern psychology came out of um, in the early 1900s 1912 through 1920 and edward thorndike and these guys uh, and so as this uh, developed and what they discovered uh, was that they could push 
push this even further. Out of that is what developed uh, with uh, MK Ultra mind control, which was established uh, by Nazi Germany during World War II, and then uh, came over with Operation Paperclip uh, following World War II here in the United States. And MK Ultra was continued uh, by the CIA, the NSA, and other you know spook agencies um, to try to do total uh, brainwashing. And uh, this is where what we see uh, the outgrowth of this is what Edward Bernays did with a mass media approach and using these same principles to manipulate the minds of, of the masses. And interestingly enough, they chose the media of television to do it uh, because early studies showed uh, in the 1960s uh, that the mind will go into an alpha brainwave state. So again, um, if you're unfamiliar with the, the brainwave states, there's five levels of, of brainwaves uh, with different frequencies to them, right? So the, the very... Um, so the very lowest of the of the brain waves is a delta brain wave. It's like just um, two to three, uh, you know, under one, like 0.2 hertz to three hertz when you're deep, deep, deep asleep. Uh, and then uh, when you're kind of half asleep, the theta brain waves about three to eight hertz. And this is your very, very suge most suggestible state. Uh, and this is really on par with the Schumann residence, which is um, if you know the Schumann residence, this is um, the the Earth uh, has a harmonic electromagnetic vibration harm um, uh, at about seven and a half uh, cycles per second and this is right there with the theta brain or the theta brain wave state so when you're in tune really with the planet or the earth I don't say planet because I don't buy the the spherical model but with <laughs> the earth the alpha magnetic um, uh, frequency uh, or the um, electromagnetic frequency of the earth uh, is at your most susceptible or your most suggestible state uh, and then you get the alpha state which is between 8 and 12 Hertz and this is where you go into when you begin to watch television. Uh, you, you're in a, uh, a conscious state. You're, you're not as deeply uh, relaxed as you would be in a theta state. Uh, but you are extremely suggestible. And this happens immediately within 60 seconds of, of watching television. And this became uh, an immediate uh, tool uh, for beginning to program people. And then, of course, you've got the beta wave, which is when you're uh, awake and alert. And then you the gamma waves are 20 to 30 cycles per second all the way up to 100 cycles per second when you're in a very excited state um, and and uh, often when you're um, getting an intellectual flash or learning uh, you can get in these higher states but these uh, most susceptible uh, to the uh, power of suggestion is in the theta and alpha states and alpha begins again within within one minute of watching television so this is a very powerful tool for, for mass uh, mass marketing and mass uh, mind control uh, which has been done with television and you'll notice when uh, if you watch the news which I don't recommend but you'll notice that they get into a certain hypnotic pattern of speaking and this puts you into a suggestible uh, state and it's this power of suggestion uh, that really allows them uh, to to create uh, a sense of emotional connection to whatever's being said and now this goes back to this um, trauma-based fear-based mind control uh, when they use the MK Ultra uh, that is uh, taking one person and fracturing them uh, into the, the state and that you know but but it really goes back to this behaviorism uh, so uh, take a look at John Watson uh, and his work uh, in, in that uh, but this is really the the foundational roots of modern mind control and and there really isn't another word for it it, it is mind control uh, to to create and control 
the response that humans have to external influence. And this is exactly what's being used, what we call fear porn. This is exactly what's being used in the news to push you into doing things that you, you wouldn't normally uh, do uh, by using this uh, form of mind control on people. Well, there's a lot there. Wayne, did you join us? I'm here, Jason. Awesome. You want to say hello to everybody and give an opening statement? Uh, greetings, everybody. Uh, sorry I'm a little late to the party tonight. Uh, had a couple of things to take care of here. Um, anyway, uh, yeah, we're talking about uh, trauma-based mind control, and uh, it's it's a big subject overall. And it's scary. Anybody's, it is scary. <laughs> if anybody's interested in looking at some really uh, interesting, fascinating, factual things about it, I could recommend a book by a gentleman named Jim Keith, who... Uh, unfortunately passed away in 1999 but it's called mass control engineering human consciousness and uh it's it's a very telling book it, it says a lot in there he had a lot of other great books but uh this book in particular talks about uh you know how the the people within the mk ultra projects the, the doctors within there how they actually utilized a lot of these different techniques and uh were able to use trauma to induce different uh, behaviors and different aspects of things with the trauma. So another, that, great, that's another great book is uh, The War of the Minds is another one. Uh, yeah. So would everyone agree oh, yeah. that what's going on right now is traumatic in some way, shape, or form to the general populace? Absolutely. Absolutely. Without question. Yeah. I mean, yeah, I think I mean textbook, textbook stuff. <laughs> I mean, there's not even there's not a, not another way to put it. It is textbook trauma based mind control. I mean, again, it may not be using the same sort of sensory deprivation uh, and that sort of thing that they would use in an MK Ultra style, style setting for uh, for one person to create like a Manchurian candidate. But overall, the techniques are identical. It is textbook trauma based mind control. The, the queue up alone, all the things you can look back on over the last decade or more, like the drug abuse, you know, the handing of pain pills over the counter like they were candy. You can see the queue up of all of this, but yeah, we're, we're experiencing trauma right now. But can you imagine in three weeks when people are starting to wonder, uh, how the hell am I going to make my house payment and things like that? Uh, and I think part of what we're seeing right now is they're trying to queue up some way to do martial law or something more. It's hard to know. But as Baldini gave um, an accurate history of all the things he was covering, I would insert, um, and I know Baldini knows about I know Wayne knows about this too, actually. Uh, when Hermetics came to light, um, things like Pymander and other books, and it's hard to know for sure when they got here. Uh, the French court, for one, was completely taken by it, and pretty soon the Vatican was living on the ideas of hermeticism. Mm -hmm. But later on, when Mesmer came along, the same thing happened. All of a sudden, all the lords and ladies and royalty were all about it, and then it got swished off the stage really quickly. Um, but what you notice about what came of these things is they're all based on abuse. Uh, little Albert, that's abuse. What yep. Pavlov did to the dogs, that's abuse. So what always seems to happen... As these new things come to be, they're like parlor tricks for a little while, and then someone realizes, hey, man, we can do stuff with this, and then the dark hearts get involved, and they start abusing people to figure sure. out what they can manipulate. And on the public stage, they discredit it and say, oh, it's a bunch of cockapoo, right? It, it's poppycock. Right. Um, exactly. As soon as they find out that it works, then they discredit it and There's shame Mesmer. it. And yeah, exactly. And then pull it off the the main stage and to go, oh, that was just that was a bunch of hookum. Uh, and, and then they pull it into their own dark arts. Exactly. 
That's that's. I mean, yeah. that verbatim you just explained Mesmer. Um, he was like the the hit of everywhere um, for a very short period of time, and then it just kind of fizzled out. And it wasn't long before they're oh yeah, that's an old parlor trick. Well, it's really not. Um, there's there's all kinds of things that go on there. And by the way, um, when Wayne and I and Jason do Ovid here pretty quick, um, we're gonna blow minds. We can now put Bernays on the payroll of Tavistock. We can show that they basically started World War One, and the reason I'm bringing it up here is because all that terrible trench warfare, to whatever degree it actually did go on, that was another experiment, a trauma-based experiment to see the result of what would happen to people put in these positions. Exactly, and this is the first time that we hear the term shell shock coming out, right. is the first description of what we would now call PTSD. Uh, they called it shell shock, and that's exactly what they did. You're spot on, Crow. Well, it's, uh, the, the data they collected, it's insidious because on the tale of World War One, it is said that nobody understood why they went. They were openly everywhere saying, what the hell just happened? Um, they were shell-shocked, but worse than that, they couldn't deduce any reason why they went. And so when World War Two came along, of course, they put Bernays back on the payroll with Tavistock and other people, and they started queuing up. They couldn't do it. Nobody wanted into World War II. They did everything you can imagine to queue up with all the reach they had in their little trauma, mesmerization, full-spectrum programming, all their little games. So what it finally took was getting the President of the United States to move the safe Pacific Fleet from San Diego to Pearl Harbor, and then they forced the Japanese into a position where they had to do what they did. Um, and so you see uh, what happens when people have finally had enough. And World War One back then, they still had more semblance of brains because they weren't in front of their televisions all the time. Um, but it actually took a mock attack uh, to pull people into World War Two. And the only reason I mention these things is because for a lot of people right now, what's going on with this? Viruses don't exist as described nonsense. Has anyone said that this episode? Um, is, you know, at what point do people say that's it and they just quit listening? And by the way, I'm not suggesting people lose order. If you lose order, you're playing into the, the hands of what they want. Let me catch up on some super chats here. Uh, Nicholas Brown said, if it wasn't for Secrets of Saturn, Crochable 7, and all their constituents, I wouldn't be able to take working 60 hours a week. Thanks, guys. You are very welcome. I know we've been trying hard to get out as much content as we can lately for everybody. Raven Knight, thank you for the $10. She says, thanks for all your hard work. Love you guys. And did I get another one? Yes. Michaelian for $10 said, who said it? If you're willing to give up freedom for safety, you deserve neither. Unfortunately, most of the earth is hypnotized. I believe that's Ben Franklin. That's attributed to Ben Franklin, but uh, it's, I think even before him uh, had been said in uh, different ways. And I think Descartes said something similar to that, but, um, but, but you see, you see the, um, uh, the, the same uh, script run as World War II then when, uh, and I'm sorry, World War I uh, with World War, uh, with rather uh, Vietnam War. Where you've got an un unwinnable situation that nobody wanted to go, uh, they create a false flag attack um, with uh, the Gulf of Tonkin incident. They get it over there, and they won't uh, let them win. 
right? It's just a it's a meat grinder. Uh, but they what they did was also then uh, flip the mass media. So you've got the the soldiers over there who didn't want to go uh, in an unwinnable situation, undergoing uh, PTSD situations there, and then flip it over uh, and use mass mind control on the American public over here to make it unpopular, and then show the war on television to create uh, the breakdown of the family and the hippie society. It's it's just uh, one step after the other. The whole thing runs like a script, and when you look at it in hindsight, it becomes much easier to see as a script. Except back then, people had a much more difficult time because they didn't have the information channels we do, and in the same way, they wouldn't um, declare war uh, for actual reasons that have to do with the supposed Constitution. It's no different today. As a matter of fact, I can use the example, the Department of Homeland Security is illegal. There was no authority. They're violating the 10th the 10th piece of the uh, Constitution there to have done that. And so I was just doing a look up on what presidents have exceeded their authority. It starts way back. Oh, uh, but I think, yeah, I think Bush grabbed 35 powers that didn't exist. But my point is, is this is a house of cards. And that's why this push is coming so quick. Um, if anyone took a meaningful move to challenge even the Department of Homeland Security, they're in violation of the 10th Amendment. Um, and the, the powers that were just basically taken to do all that, um, they're indefensible. Of course, at this point, who knows how many courts are stacked, but my point would be um, the real problem here is the trauma-based programming that has made us all go to sleep. We quit challenging a president overreaching. We quit challenging um, when the doctor told us a virus makes you sick. We quit challenging, uh, is pills really medicine? Do pills cure things? And that's what's brought us to where we are, that and the lack of truth. Um, but I think a lot of people are waking up now, and they're... But- some are beginning to to crow, but certainly what we we see a, a greater division now between those who are, uh, you know, very asleep and and very hypnotized, and those who are beginning to wake up, and the, the polarizing continues. Uh, but we do see with this fear based thing again. One of the things that I see com- coming out of this very very um, very telling uh, is the uh, the response of the government, at least here in the United States, uh, to provide. Uh, we're we're going to provide you, you know, with money, and so you you can depend on us. So we're going to take away your means to provide for yourself and shut everything down. Uh, but we're here rely on the government. So people uh, in fear have to again then rely on the on the government titty uh, to 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 stay there. And so it, it people then uh, beg for uh, this overreach and over authority. So right. you have a nanny state, uh, and and there are many of us who again are going no, we we don't accept this. We're we're not. Uh, you know, we don't subscribe to this, and we do not consent. Um, so, uh, again, um, I don't know if you caught uh, early on, uh, Crow. I said this uh, creates a an interesting opportunity here with the uh, the awakening uh, study that I'm doing. One of the uh, compelling uh, pieces here is that uh, for for many many of the people who begin to awaken, one of the uh, one of the components is that they suddenly have found themselves with time uh, to begin to search some of these things out for themselves without uh, just accepting somebody else's word for it. Uh, but it does create an opportunity now with people being furloughed and sent home uh, under these stay-at-home orders. Uh, there, there, there is an opportunity maybe for uh, people to to take a look at this more closely. So I hope we can parlay um, so, some of this into uh, being a good thing uh, to give people some time uh, to really consider what's going on around them and can they really trust what they're being told. And certainly uh, the, the news media isn't helping uh, as they uh, fraudulently and, and demonstrably fraudulently present this information. 
Well, I, I have evidence of exactly what you just said. Um, <clears throat> Jason gave me the audio only from Dr. Kaufman's roundtable, which had video. So he gave me a PDF of the PowerPoint with it. Um, I was guessing earlier today, but after I talked to Dr. Kaufman, I don't know, sometime this afternoon, <clears throat> I went and looked up just under a thousand people either downloaded or requested that PDF, and there's actual solid data. Can you imagine what happens with a thousand PDFs? So many of the emails said, I'm going to share this with everyone I know, or I need to show this to a family member, um, but I think that's evidence of exactly what you just claimed. Yeah, and I think if we can tie it together with, uh, again, some of the demonstrable ways that the media is lying uh, and point out uh, some of the things that show, uh, you know, foreknowledge, for, for example, the event 201 uh, and who was involved with that and what that's about uh, and the selling off of stocks by uh, so many, more than 150, Criminal. yeah, more than 150 CEOs and corporate executives, including Jeff Bezos. Uh, senators, too. Instant yeah. senators as well. Yeah, yep. more than 50 senators uh, and congressmen sold off stocks in the days prior to this uh, so it, sh it demonstrates foreknowledge and not a one of them is being investigated and all of that goes against insider trading rules by the SEC uh, so the fact that one nobody's investigating it nobody's batting an eye uh, even even though it's being reported in mainstream media uh, it, it kind of comes along with a nudge and a wink and goes well I guess well, these guys are smart and that's why they're that's why they're rich they're smart and they know what's going on it's poppycock right <laughs> it shows prior knowledge uh, and that prior knowledge indicates that they are lying this is not what we're being told uh, and so uh, there's there should be enough evidence here uh, to, to demonstrate that this is being foisted upon us uh, as a lie and uh, in for for reasons that are nefarious um, and, and again there's a lot of talk about the 5g and I right outside uh, my office building today uh, I watched them put in the 5g uh, and took pictures of it and and, and there were uh, uh, you know um, two different flocks of birds uh, tried to chase them away that was that was pretty interesting um, a group of crows and a group of seagulls uh, came in and uh, for several minutes each uh, tried to tried to get those guys to go away so even, even the birds are, are are knowing what's up but um, right on cue as we've seen all over the world they're using this opportunity to install 5g so there's uh, definitely some connection there but uh, we we may have an opportunity here with people having a little bit of time available uh, and seeing what's going on uh, and demonstrably false news events and then the way that Dr. Kaufman and others describe um, that what we're being told is demonstrably false, um, there, there may be an opportunity here yet. Dr. Kaufman just told me that he read that same report today. It was to a T what is happening now. So there you go. By the way, Baldini, uh, put the uh, email address for unintended consequences in the chat room if you're still taking yep. information. Someone just asked a few few chats back there. Um, Wayne, you've been silent. Is there anything you'd like to get in here? Uh, yeah, yeah, I think uh, we need to kind of address the topic of... Uh, I've been talking to some people this week, and they kind of are under the impression that this whole coronavirus thing is all surely, like, accidental, or, you know, it, it's, <laughs> it's just one of those things that's happening that uh, they may be taking uh, advantage of in certain ways by, by pushing... Uh, like these draconian measures and whatnot. Uh, I have an answer to that for people. And it has something to do, it ties all the way back once again to the Tavistock Institute. Uh, and it goes back to, I think it's 1932. Uh, there was a German psychologist named Kurt Lewin who uh, actually took over the steering committee of Tavistock at that point. And uh, he was a strong proponent 
of a concept that he called future shock. Uh, so let me explain this a little for people so that they know what this is. Uh, it's to use trauma to reprogram both individuals and societies. So it's one of those uh, definitions that could be called like a, a mode of operation or a modus operandi that Tavistock adopted, uh, largely from Lewin's work. So Lewin's work, uh, he called the theory future shock. And actually, if anybody could still find the book, uh, there's a gentleman named Alvin Toffler who actually yep, wrote a it. book called Future Shock, which talks... Uh, completely about this. The whole idea is that uh, the current culture, uh, you know, Toffler promotes it in the way that he, he looks at it as what's happening in society is happening by accident, but it's, but not. it's not. It's, it's not. absolutely not. It's it's this guy Lewin's theory uh, of future shock that they're using. This is what they're doing. They're presenting this stuff to you in the way where it looks like it's an accident or it's a coincidence. It's something like this. There's nothing nefarious going on. And they use it to induce trauma in the masses for the purposes of changing your behavior and, and mind control. I mean, there's yeah. no no and, further way to describe this any and better. And specifically than the fact that, that we don't deal with change well. Uh, even positive change creates a, a sense of uh, tra trauma. Uh, so e even good positive change like a, a marriage or, or a promotion uh, creates a stress in an individual and, and causes some trauma to which requires adjustment. Uh, and this is one of the things that's been shown uh, since at least early in the 20th century is that uh, by script uh, they have created a situation where uh, change becomes the norm. The only constant is change, and now change happens so frequently uh, the the human mind can never catch up, and so it does create this sense of future shock that there there is so much change that it does, in and of itself, the change creates trauma, uh, and, and we're in that situation now where we're seeing the fruit and the fruition of that on a daily basis. That there there is no um, there's no place of grounding, there is no uh, you know anchoring point uh, for for the mind uh, to be solid. Uh, and so it has created in and of itself a kind of trauma uh, for uh, people to overcome that they can. And so they then look for an authority to tell them things are going to be all right. And then they provide, again, it's Hegelian dialectic with problem, reaction, solution. Um, here's the problem, and you have a reaction, which is trauma. Here's our solution. Uh, we're we're going to take care of you. Dr. Kaufman just okay, provided just us with the link for the report that we were just mentioning. Uh, he said go to page 18. I put it in both DLive and the... YouTube chats. So just check it out and uh, see what it says for yourself. I've been scanning through it real quick while we've been having this conversation and it's, yeah. Sorry, Wayne, go ahead. That, that man's getting uh, to be a thing. Go, Wayne. <laughs> I was just going to say, uh, just to kind of drive the point home with this, I'm going to read a little quote out of a 1957 book called Battle for the Mind, A Physiology of Conversion and Brainwashing. And this is by a gentleman named Dr. William Sargent of the, the Tavistock Institute. Quote, Various beliefs can be implanted in many people after brain function has been sufficiently disturbed by accidentally or deliberately induced fear, anger, or excitement. Of the results caused by such disturbances, the most common one is temporarily impaired judgment and heightened suggestibility. Its various group manifestations are sometimes classed under the heading of herd instinct and appear most spectacularly in wartime during severe epidemics and in all similar periods of common danger, which increase anxiety and so individual and mass suggestibility, end quote. 
Yep, and suggestibility is what um, I've been finding, again, from the outset with this Awakening Project, is that's how we got here in the first place. They, they use uh, people's positive intentions to trust, uh, and they turn it against them, and we just trusted the wrong people, and they used the power of suggestion to literally hypnotize us. Right, and the reason I bring this up is I'm just tired of people like using the blanket term conspiracy theorist that's all conspiracy <laughs> theory blah 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 it's well documented there hey, it is, that guys. alone look it that up. that term is mind control programming it is Fact. it was a weaponized term yeah successful as hell too yeah Very successful. if i remember correctly that started over the jfk thing right it did, yes. The CIA created yeah. that to yeah. to uh, uh, create, um, uh, you know, opprobrium for anyone who didn't go with the Warren Commission report and the official narrative. And it has been used over and over again ever since. Uh, and it just dismisses, hand wave dismissal of anybody. Oh, that's a conspiracy uh, theory. Um, and uh, you know, I'm not a coincidence theorist. Right. That's that's what I say. Is a, you can't convince me these things are, are coincidence like the selling off of stock um, that that many people sold off that much stock in the days prior to any of this happening shows prior knowledge uh, that there, there's no uh, getting there's no getting around it. Right. Uh, and so um, the 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 ads, um, the odds against and a statistical probability are astronomical uh, such that uh, you, you can't prove anything otherwise that it is prior knowledge. Dr. Kaufman just said that it's shadow psychology. The trauma can be triggered and result in automatic behavior. If the elite provide the trigger, they can predict the response. See the work of Robert Augustus Masters, who before he became moral, led a cult. So there you go, Robert Augustus Masters. You know, there's there's a side of this, and I think uh, with Wayne's research, research into Ovid, um, he independently recognized uh, COVID-19 and went straight to Ovid's Metamorphosis books one through nine, which I had done independently of him. But in the Tavistock research, which is almost anyone can find it. And it used to be difficult to dig these things up. Either that or you're going to read quite a few books to try to vet out what someone was claiming about Tavistock. It's all up for grabs now. And I'm talking names of senators and everything else. It's almost like revelation of method. But one of the things that's claimed is the early Tavistock, which was actually Wellington House, being run by two lords at the time, funded by the Queen of England, then later by the Rothschilds and others. Um, they had the real history of the fall of Greece and Rome, and they studied what worked on both those places to make them fall. Some of the things they came up with was removing women from a place of respect within society, introducing homosexuality, believe it or not. There's no insult intended. This is straight from Tavistock. Another thing was to um, destabilize in certain ways, but to get migration going because they had realized in the true history, whatever that might be of Greece and Rome, slavery and other things had brought what they called aliens in that ended up interbreeding and diluting basically races, according to them. And they've done all these things. They, As soon as World War II ended, they put their little laser point right on the United States and they started doing all these things um, and we'll get into these things and by the way uh, Wayne and I are going to try to make the case uh, that Ovid's metamorphosis is the playbook yeah yeah Definitely. yep and just to kind of give people uh, you know an idea of, of how we came about this idea with Ovid I mean I don't know Crow came to it on his own separate from me we totally n did not know what 
each other were researching or anything right. or that we had both come to this conclusion. I was listening to a show that you were on, Crow. I don't remember what show it was. I don't think it was uh, Crow 777 Radio. But you were talking to somebody about uh, the sky clock and how uh, Libra was a totally artificial construct, like, you know, how, how it's the only artificial thing up there in the Zodiac. And, that was the SGT uh, report, yeah. It might have been. I don't yeah. remember which show it was, but uh, you were saying about how they had removed the claws from Scorpio to make Libra. And mm -hmm. then you said the claws, sea laws. And a light bulb went off in my head. And I thought, oh, my God, see Ovid. And so I just started delving into that idea. And, <laughs> uh, guys, it's it's going to be you know pretty heavy what we lay out here in the coming week when we record it, this. It's going to be astounding. And there's more, though. Um, people have no idea. I, I always point out how important it is to have what they call the classic education, understanding the Greek as much as you can. There's so much of it. Um, and I know people don't read as much as they do per se, but the Greek myth and then the Roman version of those myths. And the reason is, is because that's everything, those are the archetypes everyone's drawing on. Even the Tavistock Institute is using a supposed history we know little or nothing about to engineer falls of countries based on what they saw happen in Rome, and they boiled it down to the basics. But when you get up to um, things like the Ennead, which is supposed to be 64,000 unique words, um, the highest pinnacle of scholarship and writing in the Western world. All that is is a glorified, later-than-we-think writing trying to tie Rome to the heroic Greeks. Then when Ovid comes along, they're trying to tell you it's right there at the beginning of the Pax Romana under Augustus, but I'm not buying um, it looks like what Ovid did was basically referenced 250 or so myths from classic Greek uh, mythology, put it all together from the beginning of the earth, in other words, the sky is being formed, the oceans, all the way up to a certain point. And what you're looking at is every single hoax event that's ever been lifted, we're going to try to show, uh, has been lifted from metamorphosis and by the way one of the main versions of metamorphosis and everyone knows what the word means right so you get that kind of double entendre is a picture of a lady with spiral goat horns on the front of metamorphosis and by the way in the book for those who haven't read it there's all this so oh, the god turned into a lake oh the god turned into a trio oh, this girl turned into a bird that kind of metamorphosis too um but it's all like triple and quadruple entendres there's a super chat here we didn't get to from Mike Alien for $5. Thank you. Ring, ring. Hello. What's your emergency? Uh, I'd like to recruit a group of people who are not living in fear. Are you, do, you, do you mean us? Do you mean us? Uh-oh. <laughs> uh, uh Guilty as charged. Um, yeah, Dr. Kaufman. I'm not scared. Uh, in the chat, I didn't see him. I was curious as to his, um, his take on uh, this book that I've started reading uh, deprogramming modalities for trauma mind control survivors uh, that I'm uh, kind of trying to weave into this um, awakening project as I look for a, a way to do a, a, a script uh, for uh, exactly that so maybe he can give me um, his thoughts on on that uh, deprogramming modalities for for tra trauma mind control survivors because that's that's what we're we're going through right here yeah, we're we're going through it in a big way right now. I mean, the, the whole population is, you know, under a, some form of mind control right at the the moment. It's a, a massive manipulation. Even if you're not buying into the story, which a lot of people aren't, guess what? They're still listening. 
They're still staying put. They're staying home. They're they're playing the little uh, you know. Uh, what you, social distancing game and all of that. I mean, you see it going on all over the place. And here's the other thing. Social distancing, there is not one iota of real-world data that shows that that stops the the uh, the spread of disease in any way, not shape, or form. Not, not at all. Not one that's, shred. That, not that's one shred. Exactly. That is to keep us uh, from, from getting together and preventing this nonsense. Right. Isolation, another form of uh, mind control or trauma-based mind control. And trauma, yes. Exactly. So let's get the second point in here on the uh, descriptors of trauma-based mind control. Mind control programs are installed below the level of normal consciousness of the mind of the victim. The programming deliberately creates what is called dissociative identity disorder, or DID, which is also known as multiple personality disorder, and installs memory blocks in the victim's mind that the victim has no memory or awareness of. The full notion is that the victim has no idea of being programmed in used unless the victim has been deprogrammed in some way you know that whole paragraph just smells like sigmund freud i can smell his tweed jacket all over it <laughs> it's just <laughs> a cigar crow it's just a cigar he needs to wash that thing man he's got german toe jam going on or something sometimes a cigar <laughs> is just a cigar yeah, not his. <laughs> he, he was burning little Albert with it. We know what he was oh, doing with that cigar. Yeah. <laughs> Poor little Albert. Puppies. <laughs> yeah, you know, I, I meant to to mention before with uh, uh, with Watson. See, they started uh, before they got a hold of little Albert. They uh, they were using rats and guinea pigs, and that's where the whole phrase came from about being a guinea pig. As they they were using uh, guinea pigs uh, for behavioralism, uh, so that, that's where that uh, that turn came from to be a, a guinea pig. You know, it makes you wonder now. Like I remember, I was probably nineteen, um, and I came across that old book, The Seven Percent Solution. You know, which is supposedly Sherlock Holmes is whacked out and addicted to cocaine. And so there's a big caper to get him over to Sigmund Freud because he's the only dude who can cure anyone of anything. The Freud dude? Um, yeah, it's it's unreal when you go back through literature to see just how much of a stacked deck uh, it is that we call. I mean, like H.G. Wells, how, how much have we covered him, Jason? He, it's oh, to the point where times. I don't even consider him an author at this point. That was just a sideline. He's an influencer um, is what he is. Yeah, he's like a, you know, Jedi ninja spy um, that wrote some books. And who knows who actually wrote those books when you start looking at the truth of it. And by the way... Isn't it ironic that H.G. Wells is covered by Orson Wells, <laughs> and then that whole thing was used as an experiment, the first big, large field experiment to see what panicking people would do. Um, it's documented now, um, and it was Tavistock-driven because H.G. Wells provided the story. Orson Wells, I'm not sure why they have the same last name. There's not enough time in my life to care that much about it, that, I guess. Um, but the point I would make is it's pretty clear now that on, I think, October 30, I'm guessing, if that's the right day, uh, they do the whole Martian invasion on the radio. They freak the living bejesus out of most of the country and what they were doing was collecting data on the whole thing so you could almost say that the war of the world's radio stunt pulled by orson wells is one of the earliest tee-ups to what we are living at this moment dollar oh, johnson we uh, about that is we just got another Go ahead, super chat Sorry. for 999 from dollar johnson 
She says, trauma-based mind control. I try to walk above all the crap, but must admit, sometimes I stumble. Thank you for all your efforts to share eye-opening truths. Helps me see, understand, and persevere. Thank you. Appreciate it. Sorry, Wayne, go ahead. I was just going to say, all I have to say about the whole uh, H.G. Wells, Orson Wells thing is, well, well, well. <laughs> so, there know. it is, man. That's Three deep. holes in the ground. Man, that's deep. <laughs> hey. The truth went down the well. So truth went down the well. It started with them. That's for sure. <laughs> and a lie that's, came that's out. That should be our new joke, man. Let's talk about the three holes in the ground. Wells, wells, wells. <laughs> right. All right. So the next part. So, oh, yeah. Got another one there. Yeah, yeah. I was just gonna, I was just going to say that uh, up to this point, and and until we get to uh, what I think uh, Wayne has some information on. So everything that we've uh, done up to this point is uh, verifiable, factual. And uh, without uh, besmirchment of any kind, these are all historical facts. So there's no um, speculation or hypothesis up to this point. These are all well-documented historical facts. Okay. Indeed they are. Uh, hold on. Before you guys go on, I don't want to get all biblical, but Deuteronomy is <laughs> – I got to go to bed. I got to get an episode out early in the morning. Um, I've got most of it ready, but thanks for having me on for an hour. Cheers to everyone in the chat. Uh, I'm going to kick it over to all your capable hands, and I'm going to actually try to get some sleep before i got to do this whole thing again tomorrow. You're great Cheers to, to see you and your Kindle, good sir. All right, man. <laughs> all right, Wayne, I'm looking forward to this Ovid thing. It's going to be a hell of a ride, man. Uh, Baldini, good to see you again, bud. And Jason, good to see you. don't shave that beard, man. Not yet. The woman likes it. <laughs> all right. I'm going to make like a Canadian and get oot. All right, moving on here. This is where we get into some hypothetical territory, although evidence of these events occurring has been shown to come up from time to time. With that being said, mind control programming is thought to be used all across the world. Typical candidates that may be subjected to mind control programming are, are those in key situations that could be in government leaders and other essential personnel, politicians at varying levels, military leaders and other key personnel, financial leaders and other key personnel, influential academic heads or other research type individuals. The goal is for the victim to inject a needed situation that the programmers desire to occur without the victim being given away as shady or suspicious in any way. These techniques may be employed when simple blackmail is not enough, which most likely goes on at so many levels. And although I can't prove it, I have no doubt that if you start climbing the ladder of success, you're blackmailed somewhere along the line if you're influential in some way, shape, or form. Just my just my opinion. Scott Cook Jr., thank you for the dollar ninety nine. Said what about George Orwell? Um he was definitely an influencer, but that's a uh that's a that's a pen name. His real name was Eric Blair. Yeah, I put uh, him and Huxley in the, the same Tavistocking group. They were um, of the same ilk and both uh, assigned a task of uh, uh, creating a, a novel uh, to describe what a dystopian future would look like. Um, but, and they, they did it in Brave New World in 1984. And how novel yeah. were those novels? <laughs> Not. About as novel as this coronavirus, huh? Right. So, uh, all right, so we're, we're at the point where we, we've given the basics on this, but it's admitted at this point that a lot of uh, government agencies, not just American ones, but all around the world, have used techniques like this in, to various degrees. I would strongly suspect that 
corporations and other such organizations do it as well. Uh, I think a lot of this has to do with the Tavistock Institute, and I'm just kind of throwing a lot out here, guys, so whoever wants to chime in, but... Well, I don't to your, think you to your point be... about black about blackmail. Um, this was used by um, you know uh, President Johnson. Uh, that was called the, kind of the Johnson political technique. And really, rather than blackmail, what they kind of do is they give you something that you want in advance. Uh, so so whether that be sex, drugs, pedophilia, um, I- any of these things, they they compromise them uh, and give them something in advance, uh, and then they have got the blackmail material. So uh, they, yeah. they they don't are you know they. they they don't have to have anything uh, on them already. They create a situation, uh, and this has been used by uh, groups, you know, again, since time immemorial. Uh, Johnson was simply well known for it. Uh, the, the, his political tactic was to offer a favor to somebody in <laughs> advance before he asked something from them, uh, and then he would uh, use that as a uh, – the, the, they were beholden uh, to him. But that has been used by uh, the mafia, um, secret societies of all kinds. that um, creates a brotherhood. Right, and this is uh, one of the things too that we see with um, uh, the Skull and Bone Society and other things is this uh, sort of trauma bonding uh, is another thing that happens. Uh, It's another psychological um, uh, manifestation is trauma bonding uh, that they get groups together and you know whack their penises on a table or some crazy thing. (laughs) Right, (laughs) this is the sort of thing that's that's done uh, to create a a brotherhood and to create a sense of loyalty. Right, it's a form of initiation. That's that, correct. That's the thing. They right. use uh, trauma as an initiation form. Should we go through what the uh, the general notion of what happens when you join Skull and Bones is, with how that little procedure goes down? It's a bit heavier than than joining the Freemasons. That's for sure. Yeah, it certainly is. I mean, yeah, yeah a that's a, it's a great it's a great example. But I mean, uh, it's it's used by by similar things are used by many of them. So sure, if you have the if you have the the full list. Uh, well, I, I know what I've read multiple times on uh, different people who have kind of let the cat out of the bag. With Freemasonry, it's just initiation and, and memory work until you get up to the higher levels. Then it's more like little plays they put on. But as far as something like Skull and Bones, which is uh, very focused on death, the uh, the idea is that you are put placed in a coffin and mm-hmm. the lid is then put on and oh you're I, naked in a coffin naked in a coffin that's correct yes i yep. forgot that part yeah, with, with a string coffin. tied around your genitals that's, yeah. that's because you have to do something while you're in there uh, not to be masturbate yeah. yeah and they're gonna they probably yeah. sit on the on the coffin lid is is generally what what we've heard and and you have to tell of your uh your, your first yep yep your 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 um experiences but also your fantasies because i think this yep. is one way they get dirt on you <laughs> yes so yes it's your first sexual experience um any deviant sexual experiences your fantasies um yeah. and, and the fantasies i think is the important part there because that's something they yep. can use later i mean Hold so what if you know who yes. i slept with but if you know what i want and if it's something weird you know they, they, they know they can is. use that against you then fantasies are weird sure <laughs> well i'm saying people a lot of people have some really messed up stuff that they're they're into to, to put it mildly and it seems like it's a bigger deal with people who come from money and all that because they're bored a lot of the time. Well, I think they, um, uh, from, from my understanding, they, they um, provoke it as well. 
they, they'll even if it's too mild, they'll say no more, more, more. And, and of course, the people want to get into skull and bones. They they want this privilege of the society, so they'll make something up, right? What just to to please uh, the, the people to get in because they'll say that's not enough. You, more, you know, more, more. Uh, and and then of course they uh, now now they've uh, exposed this or so whatever whatever they reveal uh, is then again used against them. So you're whacking it in the coffin, and that's, of course, kind of demoralizing to you. You're around these other people who you're looking up to. You're spilling your guts about all of your sexual everything. And then when you emerge, you get a new name. Sodomized. Oh, you get sodomized. Oh, well. well it, uh, <laughs> that's, uh, that's my understanding is that there's... We're both, having a uh, buggering. Uh, yes, <laughs> Come on sodomy, down. Sodomy and oral sex is the is part of that, and then that goes all the way back to to the Jesuits and the Knights Templars. That's the those accusations were leveled against them uh, over time. So uh, it does seem that that's that's part of it. And um, insofar as uh, my research goes, uh, it goes hand in hand with almost uh, every form of uh, sex magic and um, Luciferian occultism is uh, based around um, th- this kind of. Um, uh, some sort of um, deviant sexual sexuality, often right. having to do with um, uh, uh, necrophilia um, and um, and trauma. Uh, again, uh, rape fantasies, that sort of stuff. There's there's always these components uh, involved in it. So, right. again, not to derail this and take it off into a, a weird category, but um, these things seem consistent throughout all of these uh, societies, and and that's one of the the. Uh, trails that, that I found, uh, that the threads that kind of connect all of them, even though that they have claimed at times to be enemies of one another, for example, the Jesuits and the Masons, mm-hmm. uh, claimed for over 150 years to be mortal enemies of one another, and yet they had almost identical um, uh, initiation rituals at the highest levels, uh, and some of the, the same rituals. Uh, so it, it would be difficult to say that they, they were separated by that much and mortal enemies when they had some of the very same practices and philosophies. The new name, by the way, would be unique to the individual. Exactly. Some of the same members, as Wayne says. And then you put them together, and and then you get crossover. Uh, So people like uh, Aleister Crowley, who was in uh, OTO and with the founding members of Golden Dawn and that sort of thing, uh, then it gets a, uh, you know, they give them an honorary 33-degree membership uh, in in Masonic rites, so uh, the Scottish rites. So uh, the, these sort of things should tell you uh, what's happening here is that they are, they are all connected, and that's what my research has led to is uh, understanding that the philosophy uh, and practices of these groups uh, are all very similar and uh, goes back over time, again, it, all the way back to Egypt and uh, Babylon, as far back as I can go into, into history, regardless of what order you put history in, and I don't accept the, uh, the current timeline, uh, but all all of the elements remain very, very similar. Uh, uh, sacrifice, human sacrifice, child sacrifice, torture, blood, fire, ritual, um, it all kind of goes together. Uh, so it, it does indicate to me one of the other elements is that um, the people ask or the entities asking for these things uh, may not indeed be human uh, or might be what we would consider immortal in the sense that uh, they're consistent. Uh, the people who they work with and the humans are, are definitely you know human and have the foil that humans have, but it does seem that they are um, beholden to something or someone else who is more consistent and has a longer plan over time. And this does uh, come back to this, this trauma-based mind control that fear uh, creates control does seem to be consistent throughout his- history. Well, Indeed it does. Yeah. 
So the next section here. Sadly, children are easily programmed and can be used for such horrible things as sex trafficking, drug trafficking, intelligence gathering, and other situations where a child would not be considered any sort of threat. They may also be programmed to be a sleeper of some sort that could be triggered for later use when the time is right for a particular desired result, when, when a particularly desired result has become viable. And sadly, I, I mean, who knows what the real numbers are, but I think that happens a lot. Uh, Wayne, maybe you can mention something about the foster care system if anything strange goes on there because you've dealt with that before. But I think these things go on uh, too much, too much. Yeah, there's no doubt that, uh, you know, uh, some of the uh, CPS agencies and stuff like that are a pipeline for a lot of these sick and twisted human trafficking individuals. Uh, you know, they they utilize all, all different areas uh, to do this stuff. And it, it's it is it's it's a really prevalent thing. And it's really a sad, sad thing to think about. But I mean, it's it definitely goes on and it goes on in massive numbers. I think it's something like uh, 500,000 or something like that. A year, just children per States. year go missing yeah. just yeah. in the U.S. It's staggering. And we've shut down the country for a thousand deaths um, that may or may not be attributed to, to a common cold. And half a million children go e missing every year and the press is silent. Uh, again, yep. this, should this should tell you something about who is running things. If you just look at it uh, with a rational, reasonable mind, uh, th these should tell you things about who's running the show. Well, it right. shows the, the top-down control mechanism at work there. Sure. Yeah, and, I mean, just we're going to shut down the country over that over a thousand maybe deaths hmm. uh, that could be attributable to anything, right? I mean, at this at this time, we, we would already have uh, three to five thousand deaths from the flu. Uh, you know, not just a, a thousand to to some potential um, uh, disease. Again, w yet half a million uh, uh, children. This works out to, you know, uh, over uh, over a thousand a day. I mean, <laughs> I just uh, these are things I, I have difficulty just even thinking or talking about because it it really it really deeply affects me um, that the, what's happening uh, to, to those because most are never found and um, and you can only imagine what's what's happening um, and 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 to to some degree we know because we we know um, the descriptions of what these things go on um, you know it's it's a really ugly thing and and this is. Um, th th this is who's running our, our not the country but the, the world these are, these are the people who do things and, and that they use this for power and um, it's, it's, uh, it's staggering yeah they do by the way I took it upon myself to go visit a New Orleans hospital the other day uh, well the other night just to see if I could learn anything at all and there were two ambulances out front with uh, workers in masks there were several squad cars and policemen not in masks just kind of hanging out chit-chatting and I couldn't even get in the door. I was in the foyer where three little computer stations were set up with nurses or medical workers, whatever they were. And the ladies were very nice. They were all masked up, of course. And I couldn't get any kind of answers out of them other than the COVID patients that are there are being kept isolated. So if anybody was being admitted to the ER, they would immediately have to wear a mask and people are not allowed to sit in the waiting room. So they're, they're being very controlling of everything. But uh, no matter how hard I tried or how I reworded it, I couldn't get a number out of them. They did tell me that every hospital in New Orleans is dealing with that issue. So I didn't see anything to prove that. That's just what I was told. So I, I did what I could 
and uh, unfortunately didn't get me that far. Same here in the Seattle area. I went to a, a Swedish medical center and couldn't get past the front door. Um, they had people, uh, you know, some police and a couple of Homeland Security guys. I don't know why they were there uh, in masks out front and uh, asking you why you were there. Uh, I had a good excuse, but they said they were uh, turning everybody away. Uh, I didn't see anybody in the ER at, at all other than a few people standing around that work there. Um, it, it's nonsense there, there was nothing happening uh, it they're just keeping people away uh, perhaps uh, just to make sure that nobody sees that there's nothing happening but uh, that was uh, i didn't you know make a tour of all the seattle area hospitals but uh, i did go to one swedish medical center and there was not a thing uh, happening other than dhs and some police outside keeping people away there you have it uh yeah john rapaport i see somebody mentioning him um he goes on with Alex Jones a lot, so we've been leery to even try and get in touch with him. But he has been saying similar things to what Dr. Kaufman was saying. But uh, anyway, Wayne, go ahead. I think I cut you off. No, that's okay. I was just going to say that uh, our uh, good friend Billy Ray Valentine, I was talking to him earlier today, and he actually took some video uh, down there in the Bronx. He walked down to uh, Jacoby Hospital there down there in the Bronx and, and was able to, from a distance, get some video outside and... Uh, there were no patients out there. They had their little quarantine tent set up out front with just a couple of uh, hospital workers standing out there in their scrubs with their masks on. Just looked like they were standing around chatting. And, uh, you know, just no no crowds, nobody waiting to get in there, nobody being tested or anything like that. Yeah, I didn't see and, any uh, crowds. It, looks ir- it looked eerily quiet and uh, unpopulated for New York City. So, uh, you know, just... To kind of put it out there, I, I think this is something people are experiencing across the country. There's no way to really confirm, are there really coronavirus cases in that hospital? They won't tell you any information, any real information. They just tell you, oh, we're keeping them isolated. And I, I did get the, do you watch the news line? And I was like, yeah, but the numbers are all over the place. So I try, I was trying to get some real information, but they wouldn't, they wouldn't have it. Well, that's a kind of a telling thing. So they're telling you that you should go watch the news so you can get your information <laughs> there, right? So don't you come on, lady? I am the news. news. <laughs> yeah, they'll, they'll tell you. They'll tell you, uh, you know what's going on. Um, you know, uh, again, this is. Uh, I wish that I had um, had time before the show to to categorize and, and catalog all the uh, things that that I know that can be proven uh, to show uh, that the media is lying in, in some cases or overblowing this because it is uh, piling up pretty pretty quickly uh, that we can prove that many of the mainstream media reports are uh, absolutely f- uh, fabricated, fraudulent, or at least uh, badly misrepresenting what's going on. This is clearly uh, that this is clearly an attempt to manipulate you. And um, the more people we can get to understand this, uh, and again, showing these uh, cases of um, uh, absolute foreknowledge uh, of this indicates, you know, again, uh, prior knowledge uh, indicates malice of forethought, and there is uh, something bad. Uh, I mean, we've all been speculating kind of on what comes out of this, and, um, you know, I don't want to get into too much of, um, uh, again, I don't want to contribute to the to the uh, nature of, you know, fear porn or anything like that or scare anybody. But uh, I can certainly see some bad things coming out of this. It's not good, any of it. Uh, It remains to be seen whether they're going to go all the way at this point. I mean, or pull back a little bit. Probably they'll pull back a little bit. And this is the, quote, the new normal. Uh, But they are in a position that they could literally uh, switch the flip at any time. 
uh, and rush people into you know only um, the, the mega cities at this point. So uh, it is um, it is certainly uh, certainly a sign of the times. They they are uh, uh, pushing the agenda forward uh, with great rapidity and, and uh, removing all pretext. Uh, of this being, uh, at least in my opinion, uh, of this being organic and natural. I mean, the the people who believe it, the Woolies, uh, they do believe it, and they're they're not going to change. Uh, but a number of people, again, that this is an opportunity to wake some people up. They may have a little time on their hands, uh, and some things are so overt and so um, obvious uh, that there is uh, something wrong here and something out of the ordinary uh, that people should be paying attention. We right. should uh, take some time to to project here, uh, hypotheticals. We're talking about trauma-based mind control, and I think already the amount of fear that they've generated with this crap is absolutely working on the minds of the masses. But let's take this out for a few weeks, because already they're saying that this is going to go on probably till at least April 30th, and of course, maybe longer. And I don't know how people are going to react to that. I mean, there's the practical side of things as far as people not being able to go to their jobs and pay their bills. I mean, not everybody has months of savings uh, to cover all their expenses put aside. I, I spoke to an old friend today that I used to work with, and he's got two months, and he's concerned what, what's going to go on. So who wants to take that? I mean, let's let's go go somewhere with that. Right now we're at the point where you can still go to places. In my area, grocery stores are closing much earlier, usually around 8 to 9 o'clock at the most, even if they were a place that stayed open later or a, a Walmart super center that stayed open 24 hours. Not anymore. That's all gone. So that's just adding to the panic. And I don't even see why you would need to do that. You'd think you'd want to be open so that people can, can have a better time to go out and spread out their social distancing. But no, no, no. We're going to make you all go – in uh, truncated times. But anyway, go yeah, ahead. They're doing it the other it. way. Yeah. Yeah. Just doesn't make sense to me. But what do you guys think? Wayne, you want to have the first crack at this? Well, I think it's it's all kind of playing both sides of the, the fence with this because they know inherently uh, when they're saying, okay, everybody, you know, stay at home, this and that and the other thing. Uh, you know, we're going to shut down all the unnecessary businesses and this and that. It's going to create a backlash, okay? Because a lot of people would argue that their business, whatever it is they do, is is a necessity. It's it's a life-sustaining necessity. So uh, with that, you get some pushback from the people. And this creates the whole Hegelian mindset there, where it's the, you know, the us versus them mentality, that they're keeping the two sides at odds with each other. So then you, they corral these people into the two different types of groups oh well you only care about the economy at the expense of uh, you know people's health and blah 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 blah. and then you know you have the other side which is like uh you know hey you know what this thing's completely overblown we've never shut down the entire world for something like this ever before right. why are we doing it now when the numbers don't you know justify that and then you have these people at odds because then you have these people on tv you know uh just going on about the the whole oh how the the ER is overloaded and we don't have enough uh, uh, equipment for this and this and that and you know so you, you get that whole fear mentality in there and it's it's completely appealing to emotion and then the other problem is the other side is appealing to emotion too because then people are getting upset well you know you're taking away my livelihood you're taking away my civil liberties blah 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 so this is what it does it creates this division in people and it's a control mechanism it's a Hegelian dialectic and they're using it even for this these people are total masters of human psychology they know what they're doing 
and they're steering this whole thing. And I think it's going to get to the point where if they shut things down for too long, uh, it's going to explode. I mean, it's, there's going to be rioting in the streets and looting and everything else. It, and that would give them their excuse to roll in uh, the UN peacekeepers and stuff like that to try and get order back. And, uh, you know, largely I see most of the people that I know in the area are just clamoring to try to, you know, get the government to shut everything down. And it boggles my mind. They They're want them to completely it. blanket, shut everything down. Everybody stay home, comply, comply. That's how brainwashed they have people over this. And it's like the numbers of this thing do not justify this kind of reaction. No. And that that's just the extent of it that I see. But it, it's one of those things where they keep hammering it home through repetition, which is another form of tra traumatic mind control. Repetition over and over and over yep. again. Every time you turn on the TV, every time you turn on the radio, every time you log on to Facebook, what's on there? Coronavirus, coronavirus, coronavirus. Everybody's talking about it. And you can't avoid it. It's ridiculous. The only way to avoid it is to shut off all media altogether and lock yourself in your house, which is what they want. Which is what so they want you to do. If you're not, right. Which is, so even if you're not feeding into it, you're still playing the game with them. And that's the whole thing. It's a game. They're, they're playing a game. And it just it kills me to have to walk around in society and play the game with them. Because mm -hmm. whether you want to or not, guess what? You're stuck doing it. And and we're all stuck doing it to one extent or another. Because it, it's going to affect you one way or another. So even if you're outspoken about it, you're still playing into the game. Because they want us to be that way. Because it creates that Hegelian dialectic. So there's their control mechanism for it. So that way they could say, hey, you know what? These guys, they're, they're nuts. They're out of their mind. This thing's very bad. Look at the TV. And this is how they create the control. Well, I recently um, spoke to uh, Russell over at As Far As I Can Tell podcast, and um, we were discussing some of this, and, and I, uh, I'll repeat here what I said there, which is that uh, I see many of these things as uh, something of a litmus test, right? So uh, when you see things uh, in these events going all the way back to, for example, 9-11 and the, uh, the the pristine passport at the at the bottom of the, the towers, uh, when you see, um, you know, the inflated tires or uh, – no, um, you know, no video evidence of a of a plane flying into the Pentagon. Uh, when you go to Sandy Hoax and you see, the, you know, empirical evidence that there's no uh, internet access to the building for four years prior to this, and you see, um, you, you know, uh, all the, all the uh, Wayne Carver, uh, all, all these things, the parents be behaving in this way, and you see all these evidence that seem fairly clear uh, that um, that these things are fraudulent events. Uh, these, to me, create litmus tests, right? So it gives an opportunity. These are not mistakes. This is not an, an error uh, or a flub uh, by the powers that be uh, who are just sloppy and sloppily executed these things. These are intentional drops. Uh, this is my opinion. The, the, these are intentional drops to give people like us uh, fuel for the fire uh, so that we will uh, use this as evidence uh, that these are fraudulent events. 
Uh, and those who are uh, still within the matrix, if you want to call it that, the the wool wearers and uh, the woolies, however, I mean, again, I don't want to be um, dismissive of, of people who are still hypnotized because uh, we, we all were, I think, there once at some point to some degree uh, uninformed. Uh, you know, there's the old saying, uh, again, this is a, a Mark Twain quote, that if you don't read the paper, you're uninformed, and if you do, you're misinformed. Uh, but... Uh, <laughs> Uh, but but to some degree, right? Um, we we all uh, believed things that were not true at some time. So I don't I don't want to be too too harsh toward uh, people who haven't awakened uh, yet. But what what I'd like to say, I guess, is that these are uh, sort of litmus tests. I think to see uh, as they push forward with the the polarization uh, of people to one side or the other. There there's more opportunities uh, for us to see uh, that there is something going on. And for those who will see, uh, we see. It. And for those who don't, they they will not, uh, and it pushes, uh, 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 it polarizes, right? And so it just in- increases this on both sides. So what I see kind of happening here is that again, what we those of us who have kind of awakened to it, we self-identify. Uh, they don't have to do much, you know, research. They're tapping our information all the time, and uh, and everything that we do, they know who we associate with. You can see evidence of this. For example, if you spend any time on social media, Facebook, that sort of stuff, um, it becomes the the sort of echo chamber. So uh, almost all of my uh, almost all the people I interact with on social media now are, you know, what my wife calls the, the tinfoil hat club. Right? Yeah. <laughs> um, uh, th- th- those of us who don't accept the, the mainstream narrative. Um, and, and, you know, you could say part of that might be by choice, but really their algorithms sort of create that. And so um, so they know who is who, and we, we begin to identify with each other and associate with each other. And I think that was the whole point of, of the, the Facebook uh, experiment anyway, is to use associations to see uh, who who b- belongs with whom, uh, and every all of my experience and, and prior um, uh, knowledge and experience with uh, the intelligence communities and law enforcement communities is when they uh, when they do pull the trigger, uh, what happens is they immediately isolate and separate people uh, because what they want to do is get everybody's story straight. But I think that that's kind of what's happening here. They're they're grouping people into into groups, and when they switch the flip, um, you know, uh, perhaps there will be those who go to the the FEMA camps and those who go to the cities and um, the, the, those who will be followers and they don't want to have those of us who speak the truth uh, to to influence or infect other people with their ideas and we, we're going to create a problem. Um, I think that is probably part of what's going on here and again I, I don't want to feed into any uh, make anybody afraid because uh, for, from my perspective, um, they're ultimately going to get kind of what they what they want. They're, you know, it is uh, uh, an irresistible or uh, immovable, you know, uh, irresistible force, meaning an uh, immovable object. Um, certainly, I, I'm never going to uh, acquiesce to what they want. Um, but um, ultimately, everybody's got to make that you know decision for for themselves within themselves, and um, they want us to be afraid, and and I'm not. And for those of us, uh, for those who are listening, don't, don't, you know, my, my suggestion, don't be afraid. Don't, don't fear them. Uh, but, uh, keep your head on a swivel and keep your eyes open. And, and if you can, um, spread the, the seeds, uh, to people and, uh, and, and give them an opportunity to see for themselves what's going on. Um, but, but here's, yeah, that's, that's what I see is that they are moving forward. They probably will pull back a little bit, but, uh, the, the line, the Overton window has been pushed open so far with the loss of freedoms and, and it, will be everything will be accepted i mean you know uh, kids these days under 20 they've never lived uh, a, a day in their life where constant surveillance hasn't been a thing i hope everyone it's enjoys the uh, cameo from pluto 
yeah. So so anyway, I, again, I, I don't want to push any, any ideas of, of um, uh, you know, fear, but but I would say that what I see coming out of this is that um, they're certainly one step, if not ten steps, closer to 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 getting what they want. Uh, and uh, those, but these are all um, the things that we see. For example, the uh, the news where they showed uh, the hospital it's supposed to have been New York, and it comes out that no, that was actually from Italy. And they they keep doing these things and go, oh, it was a journalistic mistake, and and clearly it's not, right? So so all these things, and when they when they announce in the news, right? They they don't make me go out and find it. They announce in the news these um, uh, these corporate guys selling off their stock and tell us how smart they are because they they did this in advance. And they just you know. They, they understand the marketplace well enough. It's um, it's poppycock, and, and it gives us confirmation of what we know. Uh, but for those who won't see it, they refuse to see it. And it, and it continues uh, as this um, cybernetic feedback loop uh, continues to, to push each of us closer uh, to where we're going to go. Those of us who don't accept, we really don't accept. And, and we look at this and go, how could people not see it? right? And we become more frustrated. And those on the other side of the line go, you conspiracy theorists, you think everything is a conspiracy and now the whole world is, is uh, in danger and you're risking people's lives because you don't believe this stuff right and they're frustrated with us um and no good can come of it um uh in, in that regard the, the world has changed inexorably uh, and irrevocably um and and well ultimately i think you just have to decide for yourself what you're going to do with that am1 thank right. you for the super chat Five dollars. Uh, double-edged sword. People have more time on their hands and are starting to question this. They will have to pull back or pedal to the metal, and uh, that's probably right. Yeah, yeah I would really suspect that they they will pull back at this point because that's generally how they do this. This is how you shift the Overton window. You put something so absurd in the view of the window, just to the right of the window, to get what you want, which is just a little ways before you get to that point. So that that's the thing. So they're going to roll out these over-the-top draconian measures, and then eventually they'll cut them back, and then it'll be like something like, well, you know, it, we're going to ease up on this stuff now, but maybe we'll just close down uh, these businesses on the weekends or something just to kind of help present, you know, prevent the spread. That, and that's the kind of thing they'll do. They'll, they'll cut back. They'll still do some stuff like this, but they'll have this be accepted as the new normal. That's what they're looking for. Make no mistake about it. And they, they've already been saying it over and over. They right. just keep using that uh, term. This is the new normal. Uh, right. And, they're, they're, yeah, they're not going to – they're not ever going to step back from this. And every time yeah. uh, we give them control, they, they simply want more. That's, right, and that's the thing. And they just keep using these same mantras over and over to program the people through repetition and trauma. And, and that's one of the keys. So they'll say, this is the new normal. We're all in this together. I'm so tired of hearing those two phrases <laughs> coming from these people who, you know, don't want anything to do with trying to maybe look at this empirically for a second and say, hey, you know what? The reaction doesn't justify what what, what this thing actually is. But, uh, you know, by and large, though, this, this is how they move the Overton window. So I would suspect that they will kind of pull back a little bit because I think they're going to get what they want out of it because they, they generally don't like to roll things out like in extreme measures all at once like that because – then that's when you get pushback, and you could actually start to see that now because there are a lot of people questioning it. It is a double-edged sword. So 
they're going to pull back and then they'll ease people back into their slumber again. And then once they're asleep again, then the next event will happen. And, you know, that'll be a total coincidence, too, on the world stage. And, you know, then they'll they'll push it a little bit further and a little bit further. They use 50 and 100 year plans, guys. I mean, this is not something that, you know is out of the realm of possibility that they would do. And this all ties back, once again, like you said, Baldini, first of all, these events that they do, they are, first of all, a litmus test. And second of all, they're a conditioning tool. So they use these both together. And this all goes back to Kurt Lewin again. This is his whole future shock concept. That's what it is. This is is conditioning, right? Yeah. To condition you for a a much more shocking future. And, And that's the thing. And as Crow points out a lot of times, the first time you see something, it may be shocking. But then when you start to see it over and over again, it loses its shock value. It does. And, and, that's, and this is, that's how this concept works. Right. And this is how behaviorism works. And this was the whole point of uh, the little Albert thing that I mentioned before is that they ultimately conditioned him into being afraid of the rat. Right. So it's a conditioning process. And that's exactly what's happening to us now is it's a continuous conditioning process. So uh, through the trauma, through the fear, uh, we we become uh, conditioned to these things. Uh, and again, we, we then begin to look for a release mechanism. Right. So you build the tension. There's got to be some sort of release. So uh, that that's what tells me that they probably will pull back some because there's got to be some release to that tension. But then the tension has to build again. Um, one of the things I've seen repeated several times in the chat is that uh, – Many people uh, are saying that they don't know anybody personally within their their personal circles who are awake. And I just want to kind of take an informal poll about that and um, to see is that is that true for most people? I mean, I I, I do know a few people uh, around me who are at least kind of diet woke, um, <laughs> it, uh, whom I work with, that sort of stuff. I think the really few people who are as aware. Um, you know, as I am, but then I don't interact with I mean, so I was well ahead of the curve on social distancing <laughs> for the last number of, fear, uh, of years, kind of uh, pulling back from, from social engagements. But um, uh, what, uh, what say you guys, uh, Wayne, do, do you have people in your social circles that are, uh, that are aware of these things to, to the degree that you are or to some degree? Um, I mean, I spoke to my brother uh, the other day, and uh, we hadn't spoken for for a little while, and uh, he's far more uh, awake and aware of what's going on, at least under these circumstances, of what's going on here than than I had expected. Uh, so that was that was good news to me. But um, within my personal circles, I'd say um, very few, but some. So what what about you, Wayne? I would say the same thing: very few, but some. But yeah, uh, yeah, there. I, I do see more people are becoming more aware of things and are questioning things more. So, uh, and I would like to think I had a hand in that because people do come to me and mm-hmm. start asking me questions, like unprompted from me, because they, they know what I do. You know, they know who I am. Sure. They know I'm the, con- I'm the conspiracy, the quote unquote conspiracy guy. Conspiracy uh, guy. So, yeah. you know, if they, yeah, if they see something that uh, they think is interesting or whatever that might resonate with them, they'll come and ask me about it. Sure, and, and I get that to some they, degree as well. People are like, oh yeah, you're the tinfoil hat guy. What do you think about <laughs> <yeah>. <laughs> about this? And then with Jason, you know, we could we could ask you, but most of the people you interact with uh, are dealing with uh, Crow Triple Seven, and uh, so nowadays, yeah, yeah, yeah. So most of the people that you deal with are are um, you Good know they got a now. Faraday fedora. Yeah. Mm. <laughs> now I did know a few people who at least got it to, to one degree or another, but for the most part, the people I associate with now, especially in the area I'm living in. Uh, 
they're all they're all people that uh, have reached out to me and I've ended up being friends with. Uh, Brett from from uh, the, our composer for Shoot the Moon is a very good friend of mine now, and he had heard some stuff and reached out to me. So. Yeah, it's just it's just that. By the way, John, thank you for the five dollars super chat. And he says the cat has a has you under mind control, sucker. <laughs> he's he does. <laughs> he comes by me, and all of a sudden, I want to pet him. <laughs> yeah, he's, oh, he's got, it's animal pants. magnetism. That's what that that's what that is. That's the uh, animal magnetism and, and mesmerism. Um, by the way, did you guys uh, yeah, see the picture that, number, that Crow put up here people... before he left? Pardon? Did you guys look at the picture that Crow left us before he he departed? I did not. Uh, I did it's not it's that. a screenshot from Yahoo News, and it says updates confirmed cases top nine one one k worldwide. Oh, nice! According I'll to tracking that. from Johns Hopkins University, there are more than nine hundred and eleven thousand coronavirus cases and forty five thousand deaths around. So oh, there's it's your not numbers. Forty four thousand. It's not forty four. Come no, on, no forty five, which which adds up to nine. So, okay, I was going for 44 death doors. Yeah, but. yeah, they didn't go yeah. for that one. But anyway, there's... Uh, oh, don't worry. That's that's already encoded somewhere in there because uh, when you actually look at uh, that whole event 201 thing that took place on October 18th, 2019, exactly 44 days later is when yep. the first uh, coronavirus case came out publicly. Well, reported, so. yeah. Yep. Yeah. So I, I noticed... Um, days. I, I noted in, in my, um, uh, my ongoing research project here um, that um, there, there are a number of people who uh, have had difficulty with personal relationships in their families uh, extended families and uh, some even their their uh, relationship you know their their romantic relationships with uh, people who are opposing them when they begin to wake up and, and the other person especially difficult when their partner doesn't doesn't awake and I uh, I find that um, some of those stories are really you know compelling and kind of heartbreaking because they're they're really going through it um, and so, uh, you know, uh, thankfully, you know, um, uh, you know, my, my, my wife doesn't, uh, she doesn't believe <laughs> everything that I, that I do, but she certainly does see that the nonsense that goes on around us and understands that, uh, the media is lying to us mostly and that we can't trust, uh, uh you know, anything, uh, that they tell us almost any of that. So, um, that's, a. Uh, I don't have to deal with that as, as much as I know some people that I communicate with do um, that that are really struggling with uh, with family relationships with this, and that can certainly make it uh, more more difficult uh, overall. Uh, but that I think is part of the 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 trauma that they give to us, right? Is that uh, that that's damaging um, our relationships? And I know some people have lost their jobs uh, over speaking out uh, to, on the truth. Um, so uh, it is part and parcel. Uh, of this whole, um, you know, uh, trauma that they're trying to that they're trying to instantiate upon us, and it's a, uh, it's something that if you watch it, does become, uh, it's pretty mind-boggling to, to watch. Again, I, I was uh, just kind of looking back through through my notes here, and, and again, how closely the uh, the. Uh, my the um, brainwave patterns uh, and the alpha wave, theta wave, and beta waves uh, correlate uh, with the Schumann residences of Earth, right? So um, 7.5 in that neighborhood, the fundamental node of the Earth. Uh, 14.1 is where you switch over. Right at 14 is where you switch over uh, from the alpha waves to beta waves in the third order. 20.3, right when you switch into the to the uh, gamma wave. So uh, very interesting correlations there. Uh, how we are, uh, our brainwaves are tied into 
into uh, the Earth's electromagnetic uh, resonance. And um, I think that those who, who are um, uh, putting this stuff out there on us, they, they know these things and they know our um, how susceptible we are to the power of suggestion. And I've noted this over and over again as I uh, begin to go deep, uh, dig deeper into this project and just what they've done to us, uh, that uh, there, there is these correlations there. It, it is um, fascinating. Uh, how how deep and how long they've worked on exactly this thing that we're talking about tonight, this trauma-based uh, mind control. Uh, they really have used the power of suggestion and fear uh, to uh, pull one over on us and to make us kind of, uh, in a way, run to mommy, right? And, and except for they want to be mommy. Uh, that And this is uh, something that we see if you look at any of the movies demonstrating or television shows, for example, um, like Stranger Things, right, where you, you have this MK Ultra uh, thing. Um, the handler often is the, the parent figure as well, right, or, or represents a, a god figure, like they're the parent, the mommy, or the daddy, and they're also torturing um, uh, the individual. So uh, it's a really sick, twisted um, thing, and that's, that's kind of what they're doing. Uh, on, a, on a mass level, uh, they're torturing us, uh, and then uh, they, you know, uh, you know, embrace us and say, "We'll take care of you." Right? Sort of like the idea they break your legs and then hand you a crutch and say, "See, without us, you, you wouldn't be able to walk." Matthew Ross, thank you for the six ninety nine New Zealand. He asks, "So what's next? More virus scares or World War Three? What's next is uh, the econ. The economy is going to crash, man. I mean, that, there's just no way yeah. around it at this point. If they keep this." Going the way it is right now, as of the way things are right at this moment, if this stays for another month, that's bad. You're going to have people who can't get enough money in to cover their bills, which means they're going to get utilities shut off unless they're cool and leave them on. Some people have said they, they might do that, some companies. Uh, but what about mortgages? What about car payments, insurance, doctor's bills, like all the normal things that you need to do? Uh, you're not well, going anywhere. So you right don't need into, gas for the car, but doesn't this doesn't this lead right into some sort of crypto, like um, worldwide cryptocurrency, um, starting possible. at a national level and then going into a worldwide sort of electronic currency? Ah, Seems you know what else this the could very lead to? Next thing. You know what else this could lead to? This could be the start of the whole socialist thing, where everybody gets a basic income and all that nonsense. Yep. That could be another That's, thing. They're already talking. They're already talking about that. There you right? go. The like basic, you think the basic that they. Income. Even if this is real, let's even just jump off the bridge here and say, okay, this is real. They're not going to not use the crisis, but I don't think it's it's what they're Never saying. Never let a good crisis go to waste. There you right? go. What's That's... his name? Um, what was that dude's name? I think the the, the guy who – I can't remember. Right I can't now, remember his I name. I, yeah, the guy who has yeah. dual citizenship with uh, Israel and the United States. But anyway, yeah. Um, $2 from Learn to Fly. Thank you. C19 coded 911 backward. Just make the dash vertical. And Reperception <clears throat> re Podcast for $1.99 says, game over. Well, I hope it's not game over. But let's let's be serious about the whole economic thing. The, the normal everyday life that we're used to is being ground to a halt the more this goes on, the more this is drug on. And they're not letting up as, as of right now. Uh, maybe the gas being cheap is a way of keeping people placated. Maybe it's going to keep the, the, the dollar hamburgers at McDonald's a dollar. I've been saying things like that. For a while, the the whole McDonald's syndrome, like people will still think everything's okay if they could get a natty ice and a dollar cheeseburger through the drive-through. As long as that keeps up, they might be fooled for a while. But the big thing is, um, th what sorry, about servers and people like that who make money from from this service economy? That since they de decided in the 1970s to destroy our infrastructure, our, our industrial base in the United States, and they've done it to a lot of other countries as well. 
It's, it's not, it just can't last. Um, Informally Hip is asking, what about people that make money? No one can answer this for me. Um, I'm not sure what you mean. People who are still making money, like have a job that, or, or some form of income. And I saw keep it. That was why I was laughing. Keep it simple um, with the five dollar super chat. Thank you very much for that. Said, do you guys ever wish you'd taken the blue pill? No. Uh, and and I do. <laughs> I do ask myself that occasionally. You know, you go ignorance is bliss, but, but <laughs> no. Um, I I, uh, I could never. Um, no, I, I would never go back to to uh, you, you know cipher in in the movie The Matrix. Going, you know, I know this uh, t- steak doesn't exist, but uh, <laughs> you know, I, I know that it might, it's just my brain telling me that it's it's t- tasty and juicy. But you know, make me somebody important, like a like an actor. Yeah, because uh, that's important, right? <laughs> yeah, right. It's it's an inside uh, joke there. Uh, but uh, but no, um, th- there are moments when I think it would be easier, uh, certainly. But do I ever wish I had taken the blue pill? No, Rahm Emanuel, thank you, learning to fly. Yeah, not not even for a minute for me. Um, I, I want to know the truth, uh, regardless of of how um, painful uh, that is, or, or regardless of the consequences. Uh, I I want to know the truth wh- wherever it leads. And um, I, I had that very difficult set of circumstances when I began to look at the the cosmology and and shape of the of the uh, where we live. And and uh, you know, I had to take a moment and go, do I really want to go any further with this? Because it's starting to look pretty bad. <laughs> you know, what are going to be the consequences here? If I if I accept that that what I see is real, uh, that that's going to put me in a very awkward set of circumstances, and I, I just realize that I have to follow the truth w- wherever it leads, and and no matter the circumstances or whatever the cost, and and that's just kind of who I am, and I think everybody has to answer that question for themselves. But for me, no no way would I ever have wanted to take the blue pill unless you're you're talking um, real drugs, and you take the red one and the blue one at the same time and get purple, and then you're marooned. So, uh, <laughs> <laughs> are we clever? Out of my room. Marooned. You maroon. No, it's um. But but for me, no. Uh, it's a great question. Uh, but but for me, no. I think it might have been easier. But but never would I have chosen it. Uh, informally, he was saying, "Sorry for not being clear. My husband is a top five percent of earners in Canada." Well, I'd be prepping if I were you. <laughs> Yeah, good for you. Um, yeah, I mean I that's say, great. If You're you in can a... help, if you can help people, um, right? That, I mean, I'm not saying give all your money away, but if you can, um, you know, I wouldn't give it away to to the Red Cross. I'll tell no, you that for no, sure. No, don't do anything like that. Uh, but uh, or go through anybody else. But it, but if you're able uh, to see where where need is, um, you know that that's something you can do. Or as Jason said, I can so prep a little bit. Um, but but I always say, you know, if if the shit really hits the fan, um, those who um, don't have are gonna first thing they're gonna do is target those who do have. Unless you're willing to fight to the death for it, um, you know. Uh, the, uh, have an if exit you get strategy. Too, too big of a stockpile. I mean, building a big wall just invites predators, right? So, yeah, um, yeah I agree you put up that. a big fence, you're inviting robbers. Uh, so, if you big up a, a big old, you know, two year stash of food, first thing that's going to happen if there's none, people are going to come up looking for people that's got a two year stash of food, and they're going to harm you for it. So, yeah. uh, I would say t- take care of your family, love those around you, um, and if you really you know, again, I'll just back up here and say, from my perspective, if your heart's in the right place, you're going to be okay. It doesn't matter what happens; you're going to be okay. If your spirit's in a good spot, um, the physical stuff will will all be all right. So um, that, that's that's not as important because um, 
if you really, you know, again, if you want to get into really esoteric stuff, when it, for 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 me personally, um, death is not that big a deal. Uh, it's it's my spirit. So um, you know, I'll go with what what does it profit a person if he gains the whole world and loses his soul? Uh, you know, I just I just go with I my heart's in a good spot. Um, I hurt for people around me who are struggling with this, and certainly it's not easy for us. I mean, my income has been um, almost completely demolished because of this thing just out of nowhere, and we weren't doing well before that. So um, it's it's not easy, but but my heart's in a good spot, and part of that is because I know that this is all garbage. They can't they can't make me afraid, right? No matter what they do, they're not going to make me afraid. I can get a little angry with them, and I can get frustrated, uh, and I can kind of you know raise my fist in the air and go, "Come on, people, wake up! Can't you see it?" Uh, but they're never going to make me afraid. Uh, informally hip is saying I am prepping, but he's asleep. I do what I can to help my neighbors, but do you think he'll be added to the social agenda? Probably. I don't know your exact situation with your husband, but I mean, does he think this whole thing is just okay for them to do? Like he's just totally buying it. And this is a problem. I'm sure a lot of people are facing, uh, the whole relationship issue to begin with when one person is, is awake to things, even a little bit. And the other person is not. Wow, that's just difficult to deal with. I stayed single for years because of that issue. Yeah, that's a tough one, man. That's again, I see I, I see a number of those stories in my Awakening Project um, research, and uh, people have been. I mean, that's one thing that's really, really touched me uh, in doing this is people's stories of how they came to this and and how it's affected them. And um, that is one of the the really challenging parts is that uh, people losing family and friends over this. Um, but uh, the, again, the temerity of people to to stand firm in in what they believe and to follow the truth is um, really encouraging to me that uh, that that people really have the the kind of um, you know ethics uh, to do that is is awesome to me and gives me hope in, in humanity. Um, so, um, yeah, that's, uh, but, but to your question, uh, informally hip the, about, um, you know, the social program. Yes. I, I think that, uh, for, from my perspective, we are probably going to see, um, the, uh, mandatory vaccinations, uh, probably come out of this. Um, and, and I, again, I will not consent. They're going to do to me what they're going to do to me. Uh, but but I am. They are not going to stick me uh, with anything. Uh, that's just no one's going to take away uh, my right to self determinism <laughs> ever. It's just not going to happen. And I don't care what what comes out of it. Um, you know, it's going to be a, a difficult situation. But uh, I, I am. I do not consent, and I will not consent. It doesn't matter what, what they do. And I know some people say that when push comes to shove, they they tip over pretty quick but uh, i'm pretty hard-headed in that regard um that i stand for what i believe in and that's that's it they're they're not going to get me uh to to stick in they're not going to stick anything in me um they're not going to put a chip in me uh they're not going to get me to to uh compromise in any way wayne how do you feel about that we're getting low on time here although i don't have a problem going long if we want yeah um I'm kind of on the same page Baldini is with all of this. It's it's one of those things where, uh, yeah, there's some stuff coming down the pike here that that's going to be, you know, obviously probably rolled out because of this whole situation. And it is tough. Uh, like you know, if you you have a loved one that uh, just doesn't get it. Uh, my wife actually, for the long time, she really didn't quite follow what I was doing so much. But she's always been my number one supporter, my number one support system. And uh, even more recently, like now, she's starting to see things more clearly. So it, I could encourage people, 
stick with it. I mean, that, that's the thing. Stick with it because sooner or later something happens that's a tipping point for people, and they begin to see. So now just even today, my wife was on the phone with one of her friends who was all panic-stricken over this whole coronavirus thing and all depressed about it. And, you know, did you see on CNN this? She's asking her, and my wife's like, don't listen to CNN. They're the biggest liars that there are in this world. So, it, it, you know, she, she sees things. She, she knows news is propaganda now. Like, she'll point things out on TV to me now without me prompting her first because she's heard me say it enough now where she's starting to see. So, like, you know, she's she's aware uh, of more stuff now than she has been in the past. So it, it's one of those things where it's an awakening process for everybody, and everybody yeah. does it at their own pace. So she's always been my biggest supporter. She's the one that encouraged me to do the stuff I do. Doesn't always get it 100% or agree with it 100%, but, you know, she backs me up, and now she's beginning to see things the same way I do in a lot of different areas. So... You know, it's one of those things I could, I could tell people, you know, even if you're not in the, on the same playing field or, or level with this whole process, stick with it because, you know, yep. it, and eventually people see. That's very similar to, to my experience there, too, Wayne, is that, um, you know, we she, early on she didn't, you know, <laughs> buy, buy much much of it. But, um, you know, we, we deal with each other, um, we, you know, we deal with each other with compassion and love and honor and respect. And um, we don't beat each other up for, for having uh, – believing different things or looking at things different ways. And we appreciate uh, that uh, about each other. And then over time, uh, she saw that, that some of the things I was saying made sense and, and uh, there was more evidence of it. and. Need again. So, some things she's like, yeah, I don't know, but you know, maybe. Um, and and we certainly we don't argue about it. We don't fight fight over it. Um, and over time, she's come to see some some things uh, more my way. And uh, frankly, uh, some ways she keeps me from jumping off the rails and going completely cuckoo. <laughs> right. So um, you know, so so she kind of keeps me. You know, get, I kind of back up a little bit and go, yeah, it's, uh, it keeps my mind open to the a variety of possibilities, and and that helps. But uh, I. I think one of the biggest things that's come out of this again is um, if you treat people, other people well and with um, dignity and respect, um, th that's one thing uh, that I really hate to see with any group, uh, whether that be those who are treating um, you know truthers badly or truthers uh, treating uh, those who haven't woken up yet badly. Um, that's not going to really help your cause at all. If you mock and denigrate them, it's not really going to help. Um, if you treat them uh, with, again, with dignity and compassion, uh, especially knowing that uh, you once were where they are now uh, and and understanding that and helping to um, plant the seed and understand that you can't pull them kicking and screaming uh, but plant the seed and be a good example and this is a great time for it to, to not be not show fear and to not be afraid uh, and to, to stand up um, you could be an example and have them go uh, hey why are you not afraid why are you not running around in a panic and you go because I um, I know the truth and the truth will set you free. <laughs> <laughs> Hallelujah. <laughs> Learn to fly. Thank you for the $7. Uh, super chat. Thanks so much. By the way, we should probably think about if this goes on for too long, what institutions do we really think are going to be put into place? I think that this could be the whole socialist switchover. I think that's a distinct possibility. Minimally, uh, before I get ahead of myself, I think that this is a giant data buffet for all the AI supercomputers. Yeah. That yeah, that's that's like sure. 
I have no doubt about that. They've never done anything like this before. The, the controllers, the the mythical they, you know, whatever you want to call them, the people in control. And we right now are feeding into it too, right? Each one of us. Oh yeah, oh yeah. I mean, they're they're big time. Probably having a field day with uh, what all the truther people are doing. Yep. You know, because they're like, let's see what they figure out and what's right and what's wrong. Yeah, exactly. It gives them a feedback loop, a cybernetic feedback loop. Yeah, exactly. The BB blog, thank you for the $10, says, in gratitude, keep up the great work. Thank you very much. We absolutely will, to the best of our ability. I I do think you're going to see the CDC take a a larger role uh, in, uh, you know, kind of hand-in-hand with Homeland Security and that um, with the the sort of real ID thing that you probably will have to have, just like they won't let kids go to school without having their vaccinations up to date, you probably won't be able to travel uh, without um, some sort of uh, vaccine. I think that this is the doorway to that. Uh, This big scare uh, is going to probably lead to some sort of um, mandatory vaccination and and the CDC being part of this. And they can, uh, again, at, at any time, uh, throw out this idea of there being uh, some contagion uh, or need for lockdown. Um, you know, they did it with the Boston bombing. They had a kind of a uh, informal martial law there as they went door to door searching for the Joker. <clears throat> uh, you know, and that uh, that smoke bombing thing was just nonsense. And and so I think we'll see more of that. Um, again, I I see very little wasted motion. And and as Jason said, uh, that and, and Wayne too, that these people have, are very patient. They they go over. For 50 years, 100 years, um, they, they don't do it all at once. It's not a big gobble, but there's also very little wasted motion. So when you see things like um, dark skies events where they practice for big time power outages over long terms, when they do Jade Helm and do a multi-state um, test of martial law, um, th- there are reasons for those things. They're not wasting tens of millions of dollars and a ton of resources um, just to play tiddlywinks. There, there, there's a reason for it, and um, you, you, can, you can bet uh, that they're learning at every step of the way and so uh, every one of these things that happens every hoax event that they throw out they listen closely to what we say they listen closely to what they say and, and I have noticed uh, a change in the way uh, subtle changes in the way the news delivers um, this information and, and disseminates it and spreads it uh, one of the things that you find um, uh, I find very often is the, is these days the, they, they make notes and they'll say you have to come to face reality right then they uh, they throw this up to uh, CNN yesterday posted a thing that said uh, uh, Trump has to face reality. They and, and, and in several aspects, so they um, they try to reiterate this and say uh, they try to shame you into believing it. And uh, th- this is reality, and this is not a hoax, and this is this is real. This isn't fake. We promise. We really we promise this time. Um, so uh, they're really having to to reiterate that it's that it's real. And it's not fake, and and that's very telling to me uh, that they realize that not everybody's buying it and they're trying to to shame people into accepting their story so that that's a, a big change from even four or five years ago uh, is that they're they're really uh, breaking that out now and um, saying no no it's for real it's it's really real by the way if anybody thinks that the governments of the world or at least western governments have no money go look up something called the kaffir C-A-F-R, that stands for Comprehensive (laughs) Annual Financial Report. And you'll see that they have invested so much money, it's silly. Go look up the work of my buddy Clint Richardson. He did an amazing job with this. It's amazing. They they don't, they don't, (laughs) they're not hurting for anything. 
they they aren't lacking for anything. And if you need if you need any more proof that um, that every government is a corporation, yeah, uh, and and all because the they're doing investments with it. That's what they're doing. They're doing massive, yeah, massive, from, massive investments from the fire uh, station to the police station to every from the smallest division. town on up. That's what they're yep. doing. It's, they're investing they're the money. All corporations, yep, and and those are privately held corporations. They won't tell you. So I got a friend that's a, a, works as a city manager. I got several others that are on city councils, and even at those levels, um, I've asked them to look into it, and they they can't. You know, they thought I was just a nutter, and they came back and said, "Oh my God, you're right. That it is a privately held corporation, and they won't. No one will let me look at really who owns it. Yeah, and it's supposed it's supposed to be the citizens, but when you start looking into it, um, you find out that it's it's not. That's like in name only, um, and I'm like, yeah, if you sold off the assets, who would get the money? And they, they always come and run into brick walls. And eventually a couple of people got um, – they got kicked out of, of local city government uh, because they were asking too many questions. I felt bad because I sort of put them up to it. But they, they got pissed and started hiring attorneys. And um, I, I'm curious to see what happens with that because – It'll get squashed. Um, they can't have that Yeah. Guy. Yeah, um, because I, I felt really bad. Um, she had a, a city council seat that, that she had for, for two years, and I started um, asking questions, and she started asking questions because <laughs> she wanted the right thing, and um, she got in trouble. The, the, uh, uh, the, she found out that they had uh, skeletons in the closet, and they did not want people looking uh, at those exact things. So um, it's fascinating, and, and I started uh, with the work of Clint Richardson looking into that. So bravo to him. And he, we had him on Crow777radio.com. That's episode 149. Thank you, Rose. Uh, he explains it in detail, and he also has a bunch of other – Clint has a bunch of other podcasts, too, available out there. If you want to learn this stuff, Clint is the man to do it. I think other people have done it as well, but Clint is the main one that I know who's done that work. And and it just comes down to this. The money that they pull in, the governments of at least the United States and some other Western countries, they pull it in and they invest it. And then they have yeah. to – Every year, put out a budget and say, oh, we need this this amount of money because we spent last year's money. Well, kind of. They kind of spent it. <laughs> yeah. And uh, Rene Bernays, uh, absolutely, I know what anarchy is. And absolutely, I have no king over me. <laughs> uh, yes, the anarchy w without a king, I have none. Uh, uh, only one, and uh, he doesn't live here. So anyway, uh, but yeah, um, I'm with you. Um, if you know, they've they've changed the meaning of that word. They've conflated it with meaning lawlessness and um, you know complete chaos. That's not what anarchy means. So um, yeah, I'm not a libertarian. I'd be much more of an anarchist in that regard. But I think I think most people. Uh, we are on board with that. Yeah. The problem with all that anarchy, and I, this is what I always say about it, is who's going to produce anything if everybody doesn't give a shit about anything? I mean, you, you got to be realistic about it too. Well, I, I just think that um, uh, again, if you go with the term as they made it mean now, which is just like every man for himself, that's that's not really what it means. Again, literally, it means you know without a king, but without an overlord. Uh, and so, uh, a group of um, like-minded individuals uh, could get together and do uh, a, a lot of things. It doesn't doesn't mean there's no um, self oversight, right? You can. <laughs> uh, but, yeah, but they, I just I don't think you can go from completely different. Here, here's my problem with it, though. I don't think you can go from where we're at right now and jump right to that i think you'd have to switch over slowly like you you'd have here's the problem I, th I think this is what boils down there are too many assholes running things you have to get the assholes out of the way because no matter what you do yeah. those assholes are going to just mess it up in some way shape or form and that's another because they control it from the top down unfortunately yeah, that's another long conversation my wife and i have had this um 
conversation for for years now about how do we how do we fix the system and ultimately um, the, the system as it is can't be fixed because uh, it is the system is not broken it's fixed right and so it's it's designed uh, uh, from the top down uh, to be what it is and so it has to be broken and start completely over unfortunately so many people are of the mindset uh, that they don't really want to contribute uh, they want to uh, have somebody tell them what to do and, and just do that and so it really requires uh, active contribution uh, and participation uh, from people to to make anything happen really uh, so yeah, if we were to design uh, our own form of government, I'm sure we could sit down and have a, a wonderful talks about that and, and really hash out these uh, these issues. But in terms of um, fixing the, the system as it is right now, uh, this system that we have cannot be fixed because it's not designed to run in a way that doesn't do anything but uh, allow corruption and, and um, top-down oppression. Uh, that's what it was made for. The problem is, I, I see somebody in the chat room, I just lost it, said if, if I'm serious or not about that. People would act on their own self-interest, yes, but things the way they are set up right now, you couldn't go from first gear to 12th gear. And anarchy would be the 12th gear, and we're in first gear right now. You couldn't do it. Things work off of the concept of capitalism and competition right now. Who's going to make the next uh, processor chip for the phone that everybody wants? Like all, You have to think about this in the larger scale. Yeah, people would probably be cool taking care of themselves, but th there's a whole lot to this system that would have to be slowly shifted over and the people would have to be cool about it. You're expecting, look, you're in a crisis situation. Do you see people being cool about it? Fuck no. They're not being cool no, about I'm, it at all. They're but, taking but all the toilet paper. But that would be our, my argument, though, Jason, is that um, continuing this system, um, it, it's, not, it's not worth keeping, right? So um, it, it's, not, it's not a situation that's worth keeping, and it has to be um, redesigned from, from the bottom up. But uh, thanks, Musicians for Truth. That's one that I've, I've used for a while, that, um, <laughs> that the system isn't broken. It's fixed. And uh, by it's that, it's fixed I mean, against it, us. <laughs> it's fixed against us. That's right. Exactly. Um, and the fix is in. It works so, exactly how intended. Yeah, there you exactly. go. Exactly. There you go. That's exactly right. So, uh, I see we've come to the to the top of the hour, and uh, I've loved talking to you guys. Uh, although I don't um, like the top the the subject matter much, um, uh, because it is uh, very true uh, that we we have been under trauma based mind control since before we were born for for numerous generations. Uh, my research has led me to understand that uh, that this has been scripted for a very long time, and they've harmed us. They've harmed us all um, psychologically, emotionally, and, and uh, all of us have had to struggle through this we all have some level of ptsd and um we're, we're getting through that uh, but again uh, the truth will set you free i think and if uh, the more you look for it and find the truth uh, the, the better uh, situated and the better equipped you are uh, to handle bullshit like what we're seeing right now because it is bullshit it Pardon is my friend. It, it is and hopefully things will get better and as always we're going to try and do our best to keep everything uh going to the best of our ability. Crow and I are going to keep putting out good material. Wayne's going to keep being here with me. Baldini's still going to be around. Uh, by the way, Baldini, are you getting your podcast off the ground yet? Yeah, it's, uh, I'm, I'm going to just start doing a live cast. I got all, everything went kind of you know nutty, and I had um, I'll, I'll release probably in slow pieces the, the original full uh, podcast that I'd put together and fell apart. I'm just going to start doing live casts um, and starting pretty soon. I'll, I'll make an announcement here pretty quick, but everything has gone uh, crazy, <laughs> obviously, right? And I've got a, a lot of responsibilities that I'm managing right now, juggling a lot of things and um, keeping some infrastructure going. But um, yeah, I'm, I'm going to start uh, doing that because I think no better time than the present. So um, you'll hear from me on that in, in a matter of days, hopefully. Awesome. Um, Wayne, uh, you want to 
give your usual uh, where they can find you and all that? Uh, yeah, if anybody's looking for me, uh, I can be reached at alchemicaltechrevolution at gmail.com or uh, you can check out my Facebook page, Files from the Conspiratorium. Uh, my books are available pretty much anywhere you can buy books at this point. Uh, they're called The Alchemical Tech Revolution, Fulfilling Ancient Esoteric Agendas Through the Use of High Technology. And uh, my more recent book is called The Autism Epidemic, Transhumanism's Dirty Little Secret. Um, and pretty much I'll be here every week on Secrets of Saturn with Jason. Uh, uh, I'm recurring guest at, on Crow Triple Seven as well. So, you know, people usually pretty much know where to find me. That's that's where I'll be. So, tomorrow we'll be l- releasing uh, episode 208, I believe. Unless I'm uh, getting confused again because we've been releasing so many lately uh, with Kurt Kallenbach. He's done some more of his really interesting and amazing work. So, tune in tomorrow for that. And of course, we'll be here uh, for the live stream with Crow on Sunday. And the next week, we'll all be back. So. There it is, folks. Uh, hit me up if anybody needs to talk to me. Secrets of Saturn gmail.com. Take care, everyone.
Oh, to see.